This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. And a good, good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, racing fans around the United States, to event number 27 in the Winston Cup Grand National Battle for 1974. The $3.5 million series moving into its last four events with the running today of the Old Dominion 500 on this half-mile track. It all began on tracks like this, and it's always nice to come back to Martinsville, Virginia, and see 30 of the world's greatest drivers who were so used to seeing battle in speeds in excess of 180 miles per hour get it on on the old-fashioned tracks. But there's nothing old-fashioned about this Martinsville Speedway. The crowd today looks like capacity, something over 20,000. It's a banked asphalt half-mile, and it is the bellwether track of any half mile in the United States. This afternoon, we've got an interesting confrontation in the front row. Firestone and Goodyear, nose to nose. How long has it been since that's happened? Richard Petty on Goodyear rubber on the inside, and it will be Sonny Hutchins of Richmond, Virginia on the outside of the front row. The well-known sportsman driver came in here with the Emanuel Zerbakis car, and he qualified outside of the front row. So not only do we have Winston Cup Grand National drivers showing their merit, but we're going to see some of the strength of American motor racing, the sportsman division of NASCAR as well. For back in the field, a bit further, is Ray Hendricks, who has won 17 races here, never in Grand National competition, but in modified and sportsman racing at Martinsville, Virginia. He is driving the K&K Dodge, which is back in auto racing once again. K&K is here with Ray Hendrick aboard, seeking his 18th win on this track, his first in Grand National competition on this speedway. He's driving the K&K car, and the big news today is that next Sunday at Charlotte, North Carolina, the world's fastest stock car driver, Bobby Isaac of Catawba, North Carolina, who won the national championship in 1970 for K&K, will return carrying their colors in the National 500. 30 of the most competitive racing cars in the world are ready to go here today on this half-mile racing facility with a lineup that looks like this. In row 15, shotgun position from Harrisburg, North Carolina, the Hut Restaurant Dodge of Frank Warren. Flanking him was the 29th position starter, Ed Negree. Ed Negree from out Oregon Way. In car number 8, the Negree Racing Dodge. In the 28th position is D.K. Ulrich of Charlotte, North Carolina, the Noel Auto Sales Chevrolet. In the 27th position, Jabe Thomas of Christiansburg, Virginia, the Ward Mobile Home Chevrolet. In the 26th position is car number four, Pee Wee Wentz of Danville, Virginia, the Wentz Motor Car. In the 25th position from Houston, Texas, Tony Bettenhausen in the Vitafresh Orange Juice Car. The 24th position is David Sisko of Nashville, Tennessee, the Reliable Plumbing Chevrolet. In the 23rd position from Skyland, North Carolina, and Wasso, Wisconsin, Dave Marcus in the Deppy Enterprises Dodge. The 22nd position for today is Cecil Gordon of Horseshoe, North Carolina. He comes out here with the R.W. Hill General Construction car. Cecil Gordon, one of the leading contenders in the top ten of competition in Winston Racing this year. And beside him in the 21st position is rookie driver Richie Panch of Daytona Beach, Florida, the Tuxedo Plumbing Chevrolet, which is uh, the same car that Bobby Allison has been driving as the Coke machine earlier this year. In the 20th starting position, another rookie, Jackie Rogers of Wilmington, North Carolina, the Lemon Tree Inn Chevrolet. The 19th position is Elmo Langley of Charlotte, North Carolina, the Langley Racing Ford. 
18th position is Glenn's Landscaping Chevrolet for J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina. Starting 17th in the Nitro 9 Chevrolet from Inman, South Carolina, James Hilton. The 16th starting car will be Walter Ballard, Houston, Texas, in a Chevrolet. Now the 15th starter is a modified driver. Drives those unlimited cars of NASCAR from Rocky Mount, Virginia. The Stanley Trucking Plymouth Grand National Automobile for Don Satch Worley. In the 14th position, there's been a change of drivers. Bill Champions, number 10, ready to go. Now we are told Randy Hutchison of Newport News, Virginia, will drive the Powell Auto Parts Ford. The 13th position, back in competition, Lenny Pond from Ettrick, Virginia, the Master Chevrolet. Lenny, badly hurt at Pocono, Pennsylvania, is ready to go on this beautiful car. And busloads of folks have come down from Ettrick, Virginia way that says, we're supporting Virginia's finest on the side of the bus, Lenny Pond. In the 12th starting position from Columbia, Tennessee, the famed Cunningham Kelly Chevrolet for Cuckoo Marlin. The 11th position, the rookie from Elsa Craig, Ontario, Canada, the Carling Chevrolet for Earl Ross. Going 10th on the field, Mr. Modify, the king of American short track racing from Richmond, Virginia, today driving the K&K Dodge, Ray Hendrick, who knows this track as well as anyone. He comes in here with 17 victories in modified and sportsman competition on this track. Hendrick is in 10th, in 9th, Paul Radford, who won here yesterday in the modified 150-lap race. Paul Radford, in Ferrum, Virginia runner, driving the car that Charlie Glotzbach, the Trucksmore Industries car, prepared by Junie Donlevy, starts in the ninth position this afternoon. Going eighth, an excellent qualifying mark for Winston-Salem, North Carolina's Richard Childress in the Maxwell Furnishings Chevrolet. Starting seventh from Timmonsville, South Carolina, currently number two. In the Winston Cup National Standings, Cale Yarborough, who has won 10 races this year, including the last race on this track. Continuing the starting lineup today, the front four rows. We mentioned Richard Childress and Cale Yarborough in row four, eighth and seventh. Then in row six, the RC Cola car from Charlotte, North Carolina, winner of the World 600 earlier this year, Buddy Baker in the Budmore Ford. In the fifth starting position, Jimmy Hensley of Martinsville, Virginia, the Lonesome Pine Raceway, Chevrolet, number 02. Hensley driving with a broken leg. Sustained, imagine this, in a softball game. In the fourth starting position, car number 88 from Daytona Beach, Florida, the Die Guard Chevrolet, Donnie Allison. Starting third on the field, defending national champion in the Kings Row Fireplace Chevrolet, number 72, Benny Parsons. And in the front row from Richmond, Virginia, the Dominion Oxygen Chevrolet, the Emanuel Zerbacus car, running on Firestone tires. And he qualifies Sonny Hutchins outside of the front row. Flanking him on the inside, the man who has won more races on this speedway than any other competitor in history, 13 to be exact as we go into today's competition, Richard Petty, random of North Carolina, on Goodyear rubber in the STP Dodge. Petty going for number 14 in wins this year in the Winston Cup racing. Remember now, we're getting down to the end of the season. This is event number 27. Richard Petty has won 10 events. Kaylee Arboro, 10. Richard Petty has not led as many laps by any means as Kaylee Arboro. 
but the lap that counts, the checkered flag lap, now sees Petty with the advantage as we move toward the final races of the season. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. This afternoon, Martinsville, Virginia, next Sunday, will be broadcasting to you from Charlotte, North Carolina, as the command to fire the engines is given. Following Charlotte, North Carolina, the Winston Cup competition moves October 20th to Rockingham, North Carolina. And November 24th, the national championship will be decided at the Ontario Motor Speedway, Ontario, California, just east of Los Angeles on that two-and-a-half-mile track in the Los Angeles Times 500. If you can't be out there on the West Coast, be with Motor Racing Network to bring you all the dramatic action as the national championship goes to the wire between... Timmonsville, South Carolina's Kaylee Arborough, and the all-time champion, Richard Petty. So the command has been given to fire the engines. Remember, we're on a half-mile track today. This isn't one of those two-and-a-half-mile tracks. This is one of the tough ones. This is considered just about the hardest track there is to drive. Two long alleys tied together by some cantankerous corners. And it is here this afternoon that the issue is the national championship. If Petty can have a good day, keep it all together and locked up, he could take a major step toward the national title. If Cale Yarbrough could get one over on him, it could change it all. We're going to see slam-bang competition all afternoon. It's the kind of competition from whence all of these racing drivers originated. American short tracks and sportsman and modified competition. They haven't got to worry about getting out of control at 180 miles per hour, going end over end or side over side and being badly maimed. Here today, they can play the old-fashioned game of leaning on each other, flailing fenders, drop-kicking, bunting, pushing, and we've seen it time and time again here. It's a rugged track. When they start overlapping cars, you have to thread the needle at about 90 miles per hour, right on the nose. If you don't, you take a lot of abuse. And these beautifully painted automobiles will suffer a lot of outside damage, facial damage to the cars, Usually don't get torn up too badly inside, but by the end of the race, the leaders, the finishers of this event are in for brand new sheet metal. The AC Pontiac safety car is bringing the field by. In the pits covering the action today is Charlie Harville, who this week celebrates his 25th anniversary in sports broadcasting here in the South. Charlie, we're delighted to have you with us and looking forward to your reports on this Winston Cup event. 
My pleasure, Ken. I'm delighted to be here, and I'll be talking to some of the drivers as they fall out of the races, and hopefully we won't have too many of those. Back to the tower. Barney Hall is covering the action down at turns one and two. He's got a bird's eye view of where they bombard right into the concrete at about 75 miles an hour should they have any trouble. Barney, this is going to be a wild one. Well, there's a lot of excitement here all week during the qualifying and practice. There's an air of excitement among these modified and sportsman drivers as they get a shot at the Grand National Champions. These fellows feel that they can drive, particularly on the short tracks, as well and in some cases better than the Grand National Stars. It should be a real fender-banger for the, at least the first 150 laps, Ken. Let's go back to the tower. Get this. One minute. Or rather, one and three-tenths seconds. One and three-tenths seconds. The difference between first and second place between first and 30th place the entire field less than a second and a half apart 30 cars 19 chevrolets five fords five dodges one plymouth automobile and there will be one more lap before they cut them loose this afternoon here at martinsville virginia petty on the inside going for another national title he's also going today for his 100 and i want to make sure i have this right is it 164th career? It's more than that. You know, he's had 10, 10 wins this year. And it'll be 165 at the end of the day if he pulls it out. Kelly Arbro's going for his 29th career victory. The field is down at turns one and two. Again, we've got a major tire confrontation today at Martinsville, Virginia, with Goodyear on the inside, Firestone on the outside. And for racing fans, that means a lot. That Firestone tire is the sportsman tire. It's the short track tire. The Goodyear people say it will not last. The Firestone people say wait and see. Petty is going on Goodyear, and right beside him on the outside is Sonny Hutchins, that beautiful blue, white numeral, number 01, built by Emmanuel Zervakis of Richmond, Virginia. AC Pontiac safety car pulls in, and ladies and gentlemen, the $3.5 million Winston Cup Grand National Series cuts loose at Martinsville, Virginia into turn one. Petty, let's see, Hutchins is trying to cut him off down there. They get together in the number one corner and they're exactly door to door as they go out of that turn of dead heat between Petty and Hutchins. Down the back chute they go. Donnie Allison is back in second spot, pushing him right into the number three corner. Sonny Hutchins told me this morning that in turn one he intended to cut Petty off, cut right across him and slam him to the inside if he had to. He's out in front. As he came out of turn four, he closed the door. Petty had a back off or T-bone him and now out in front is one of the Virginians, Sonny Hutchins of Richmond, leads Richard Petty of Randleville, North Carolina. Donnie Allison runs in third. Benny Parsons goes in the fourth position. Riding fifth is Jimmy Hensley, the driver with a broken leg, suffered in a softball game a few days ago. Then coming next is Kelly Yarborough, Buddy Baker. Following him is Richard Childress down at a turn one in lap two. Sonny Hutchins has opened up about a four-car separation on Richard Petty, which is a surprise to pull away this early in the race. They go down the backstretch. It is still Petty, and here's Donnie Allison putting the charge on Richard. Usually, Richard Petty runs this race on rails, but he's being challenged by the Nygaard Chevrolet. It's Chevrolet in front with Hutchins on the inside. Donnie Allison dives beneath Richard Petty in turn one. I Allison think he tries to get inside, and he's down there. They're door-to-door coming out of the corner. Allison bends a little sheet metal. He and Petty exactly door-to-door down the back seat, and Allison, they get that number two position before they hit turn three. Oh, they whip it on each other. Petty and Allison banging down the back stretch side by side. Now he lifts Petty to the outside. Donnie Allison takes second. Petty Parsons moves under to take third, and moving into fourth is Jimmy Hensley. They're really banging each other around this racetrack this afternoon. In the back stretch, 
Sonny Hutchins pulling out to a 12-car length advantage. Sonny Hutchins has won 45 features in the 73-74 season. Right now, he's out in front with Donnie Allison in second in this real surprising race. Danny Parsons motors right along, finds himself in third. Number 02, Jimmy Hensley of Martinsville, Virginia, a hometown driver, is in fourth. Running in fifth, Cale Yarborough, who qualified in seventh position. He moves up now, takes over fifth. Richard Petty, who started on the pole, has fallen back to sixth. He is being challenged by Buddy Baker as they go to turn one. Down to the number one corner. Here's Baker trying to get underneath Petty, and he gets into him. And Petty gets crossed up for just a moment, gets the car back under control, and Baker slips by. But boy, did he smack Richard a little bit coming into that number one corner, Ken Squire. Back to the tower. They're pounding Petty this afternoon. They're really beating on him. Everybody has had a chunk of him thus far today as they continue to hustle. Petty loses another spot as Buddy Baker pulls up a position. Number 90. Here comes, here comes the number 90 automobile with Paul Radford of Fair and Virginia ready to challenge. These modified and sportsman drivers really have an opportunity to show their merit on a half-mile track against the most competitive racers in the world, Winston Cup Grand National Racers. And right now, it's 0-1. Sonny Hutchins out in front. Throughout the afternoon, we'll be bringing you reports from Nashville, Tennessee, with that $31,000 sportsman race is going on, and the New England States, 200 in Burlington, Vermont, and Milton, Vermont, where the New England Championship is being decided. Car number 01 stays in front. Still, Sonny Hutchins by 12 car lengths. Here comes some pressure from Benny Parsons. He's moving in on Donnie Allison. And it's a blistering pace being established for 500 laps this afternoon on the half-mile track at Martinsville, Virginia. Out in front, a real surprise. Sonny Hutchins is leading now by 14 car lengths in the Emanuel Zerbacus automobile. In second, the Nygaard Chevrolet with Donnie Allison going third is Benny Parsons. In fourth is Jimmy Hensley. And we have one car going behind the wall. Number 10, that's the Bill Champion car being driven this afternoon by Randy Hutchison of Newport News, Virginia, pulls in. Sonny Hutchins, who came out of the second position outside of the front row, maintains his lead as he laps Cars, numbers 25, Jabe Thomas, and Cecil Gordon's car, the number 24, the R.W. Hill construction car. On the backstretch, Zavaka's continuing to build up a lead now. It's exciting racing for second position as Zavaka's is pulled away. Number 88, the blue gold numeral automobile, Donnie Allison, that gold roof shining in the sunlight at Martinsville, Virginia, is being challenged by Benny Parsons, red, white numeral number 72, as they go into turn one. Parsons has been working traffic very well and holding his position very good here. He's right on Donnie Allison's bumper as they come out of the corner. We've been watching Richard Petty, and he has lost another position, Ken, and something is wrong with Petty's car. I can't tell if it's handling. He's getting off the corners pretty well and seems to be getting in good, but in the straightaways, here is another car about to get him. Looks like Lenny Pond up in turn number three. Meanwhile, Sonny Hutchins continues to build that lead. Car number 90 has moved around. Lenny Pond is now challenging Richard Petty. Petty, who has won 13 races on this speedway, does not look strong this afternoon, and he needs this win as he goes for another national championship. Cale Yarborough could close dramatically on him. Cale is currently running in the fifth position, and Richard Petty is being passed in turn number three. Lenny Pond, last year's Rookie of the Year, coming off a broken shoulder at Pocono, is back in action this afternoon and passing Richard Petty going into turn number one, Barney Hall. 
Something definitely is wrong with Petty's automobile. It could be handling, and there's some smoke coming from under the car as they go through the turns. I believe that's tire smoke, but the car's hanging out a little bit on Richard Petty. Meanwhile, Sonny Hutchins has picked up about a three-second lead over the number two-place car, and he is flat setting a blistering pace here in the early stages, and those Firestone tires are working super good for him. Back to the tower. Sonny Hutchins out in front. A lot of them say those tires will not be able to go the distance this afternoon, but they, they've been very good up to 200 laps. Of course, they will get some chances to come in here and change some rubber around. We'll just have to wait and see. Donnie Allison comes by with Benny Parsons right behind him, and then the 0-2, that beautiful car, the Lonesome Pine Raceway car that today has Jimmy Hensley aboard. That white car with gold numerals is down the backstretch chasing Benny Parsons. The key car in the race right now would seem to be car number 11. Cale Yarborough maintaining fifth position. Here is Lenny Pond getting under Ray Hendrick. Lenny Pond, a correction, getting under car number 90, Paul Radford. Paul Radford's car was high in turn number four. And we have a blown edge. Paul Radford, he spins, going into the concrete. He just barely brushes the outside wall. The engine really erupted, coming right into the number one corner. You can see the oil down to the track, a big streak of oil, and nobody gets into it. Boy, that was a streak of luck there because there was a lot of traffic right behind. He almost got it into the concrete, just barely brushed it a little bit with the car, and is now heading facing traffic. Back up the front straightaway, Ken Squire. Let's go back to the tower. Paul Ratford of Ferrum, Virginia, detonates an engine in turn number one, and he covers the entire first turn with oil and water from that engine. Well, there's $5,000 down the tube this afternoon for the Trucksmore Industries people as an engine unhinges in turn one. They're waiting now for safety crews to come out there to go to work on the first turn, and the first caution of the day comes in the 21st lap of the Old Dominion 500 at Martinsville, Virginia. It's still Sonny Hutchins. Ken Squire, this is Barney Hall. Something is wrong with Richard Petty's car on pit road. The car did not fire. They're pushing it back into the pits. Charlie Harville in the pits. They had the car in. They went under the hood and apparently adjusted the wedge on the front side. And now they have pushed it halfway down pit road and now are pushing it back into Petty's pit position and are going under the hood again in an effort to get the car started. It never did fire back to the tower. Petty is losing a lap and he's losing his edge of the national championship here on this half mile track at Martinsville, Virginia. Richard Petty has just gone behind the wall. Petty seemingly out of the race, but they were in a hurry. Apparently they're doing some work on the car. Let's go to Charlie Harville in the pits. They're in a hurry right now. They're behind the wall, back of his pit position, and they are putting tires on the left side as they check under the hoods. They brought a battery out a few moments ago in an effort to get the car started. Never did get it to fire. Pushed it behind the walls, and they're working on it. This is a 500-lap race, and he can lose a few laps and still come back and be in contention. So we'll see how things progress as they continue to work on Richard's Petty car, Richard Petty's car. Back to the tower. I'll tell you, this can change those national standings dramatically this afternoon. Richard Petty is behind the wall. This is his track. He just about owns this place, along with Clay Earls. But something is wrong, seriously wrong, and it's back being worked on right now. We're still under caution. First caution period of the day continues to lope along here after that blown engine on car number 90, Ray, uh, on uh, number 90, which is being driven this afternoon. I want to put Ray Hendricks in that car, and that's totally incorrect. Paul Radford driving when it erupted in the first turn. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. 
If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The AC Pontiac safety car pulling away down the backstretch, headed for turn three. 01, Sonny Hutchins, a real favorite with short trackers in the Virginias and the Carolinas, is ready to go once again. Down they come. They say that Petty may have lost a distributor shaft or a distributor gear shaft. That's the word from Daryl Derringer, who's going to be working to broadcast with us next week. We're under green, and here's the report from turn one. Out front again is Sonny Hutchins trying to pull away from Donnie Allison back in second place. Jimmy Hensley rides back in third spot. Cale Yarborough is fourth as they move into turn three. Down out of turn number four, it is car number 01 in front. Now 02, down the inside, Jimmy Hensley works on the bottom of the racetrack against Donnie Allison. But Allison closes the gate in the first turn. Hensley literally pushed Allison right through the number two corner. He goes out of the back shoot, and again he's putting the pressure on Donnie for the number two position as they move back to turn three. Meanwhile, Cale Yarborough is faking on the outside as if he's going to go around Hensley, trying to make him move out and then dive underneath him. Cale Yarborough, who's a master at throwing the dummy, he'll fake you time after time as he'll work up on the outside, and then all of a sudden, when you think you're going to block him there, he's underneath you, and that's just what he's doing to Hensley now. Could take 10 or 15 laps. That's the guy to watch, Cale Yarborough, in the red, white, and black number 11 Chevrolet. Down at 90 miles an hour, touches the binders, moves the car through turns three and four. Here he comes right into the outside again. Hensley, meanwhile, goes down the inside on Donnie Allison as they hit turn one. Hensley was there for just a moment, and Donnie shuts the door in the number one corner. They go out of the turn, and again, Sonny Hutchins has opened up about an eight-car separation over second-place runner Donnie Allison, and he is setting a blistering pace here. Put your teeth in your pocketbook, Grandma. This is going to be a rough one. The Winston Cup Grand National Racing coming to you from Martinsville, Virginia. And this $3.5 million series getting down to the payoff at November 24th, LA Times 500 in California. Here in the East today, we're getting some major surprises. A sportsman driver, Sonny Hutchins of Richmond, Virginia. Now, crash in the number one corner. Cecil Gordon is hit broadside by car number 05, David Sisko. And Gordon crashes into the outside concrete wall. He is up against the wall. The rest of the field gets by. That's the second caution flag of the day. The RW Hill construction car is in the wall. Let's go back to Barney Hall. Just a little sheet metal getting together there, and Cecil broke loose just in the corner enough to get crossed up, and David Sisko T-boned him in the door, pushed him right out of the outside groove and into the concrete. A little sheet metal damage on the car. Apparently, he didn't hit the wall as hard as it looked for just a moment in the dust, but he did get it pretty solid. He is still sitting out on the outside of the track as the field comes by. A confrontation in turn number one between Cecil Gordon of Horseshoe, North Carolina, and David Sisko of Nashville, Tennessee. Let's go back to the tower. Sisko's automobile is on pit road, and there's work on the right front of the automobile. He's really crushed the nose back on that side. Cisco bashed the automobile up when they came out with new brake shoes the other day that weren't warmed up, and he stuffed the car in the wall. They've got a whole new sheet metal down the right side. They're going to need some new sheet metal on the new sheet metal. 
following this little altercation in turn number one. A jam session between Cisco and Gordon brings out the second caution period of the afternoon with one lap before the green was to fall. Both Kaylee Arborough and Donnie Allison pitted their automobiles, and so they have dropped back. They're now running outside of the front ten, but coming back through traffic. Meanwhile, the story, the key item here, the number one driver of the nation, Richard Petty, is in the pits, and he's ready to talk to Charlie Harville. Richard, what happened to your car? Well, the thing started off, Charlie, it was skipping right to begin with, and a bunch of them passed me, but we was running along about the same speed as everybody, and they had a caution, so we could figured we'd come in and check and see what was going in on, and uh, we come in, they raised the hood, they raised the motor a couple of times, and it cut off, and uh, the engine locked up. We don't really know. They're down there looking now, trying to find out what's going on. Do you have any hopes of getting back in the race? No, when, when the motor locks up uh, on a racetrack like this, it's all over with. Well, it's been a great racetrack for you, but it doesn't seem this is your day. Well, you know, uh, I, I really can't complain, Charlie. We've been so fortunate here in the years past that uh, we've, we've been able to win a lot of races. So, uh, you know, if we lose one now and then, we don't really get too excited about it. One of racing's great champions, Richard Petty. Back to the power. Richard Petty has now lost better than 12 laps in the pits. And Kaylee Arborough continues to keep on storming. As they stand now, it is Sonny Hutchins in the front position. Then in the second spot is car number 02. That's one of the local talents, Jimmy Hensley. And Lenny Pond is running in third position. Pond maintaining third going into the first turn. Running the fourth position is Earl Ross. Going fifth is Ray Hendrick. In sixth is Buddy Baker. Seventh is Benny Parsons. The eighth position would appear to be car number 70, J.D. McDuffie, followed by the number 67, Satch Worley in ninth. In 10th, Dave Marcus. In 11th, Cale Yarborough. And in 12th, Donnie Allison. That's with 49 of 500 laps complete. Barney Hall. You know, it could be a real good payday for Sonny Hutchins, Ken Squire. They're paying $5,000 here at Martinsville to the gentleman who leads the most laps in this race. They're not paying lap money per lap, but if you lead the most laps, you pick up a $5,000 bonus. That may be one reason that Sonny Hutchins is running so strong, but he is flat pulling away from the field right now. Let's go back to the tower. That advantage is building up. It's over a second and a... Well, it's just about one second going into turn number one this time as 0-2... What a nice-looking car this Lone Supine Raceway Chevrolet is that Jimmy Hensley is driving this afternoon. Hensley's had some remarkable finishes in sportsman competition here. He's been a winner on this track, and he is a local driver. We were mentioning earlier we're under a gorgeous day in Virginia to enjoy this spectacle, which sees some relative unknowns in the national racing picture leading some of the giants of American motorsport. It's still Sonny Hutchins in front, Jimmy Hensley in second, Lenny Pond is in third, going fourth is the rookie Earl Ross, in fifth is Ray Hendrick, sixth is Benny Parsons, seventh is Buddy Baker, eighth J.D. McDuffie moving to ninth is car number 11, Cale Yarborough is up to ninth position now as he continues to slice his way through the field on this half-mile track. He has picked off 14 cars since the restart. Yarborough is really on the move now. He's just going into the number three corner. 0-2 is moving up. Jimmy Hensley is pulling up on the leader in turn one, Sonny Hutchins. Chops it down to about two car lengths now. A moment ago, Sonny had pulled away to about a 10 to 12 car separation. But right now, Hensley is closing on him as they move up into the north end of the speedway in turn three. They're getting ready to lap Walter Ballard and Ed Negri's car as they come out of turn number four. 
It's still Sonny Hutchins in the lead, and right behind him, knocking on the door, the fifth place starter in the field, Jimmy Hensley. So Virginia drivers are doing very well against the nation's best stock car competitors here on their own home turf this afternoon. In the backstretch, they're now lapping those two leaders, Jackie Rogers, one of the rookies. As they come out of turn number four, the 0-1 still demanding the lead, but just one car length back, nibbling away at first place, is Jimmy Hensley's car. Goes right on the bumper here in the number one corner, and again, he cannot get around. There's just no place to pass in these turns. If you're going to get a guy, you got to set him up coming out of the corner to do it. They're up in the number three corner, and still about one car separating Hensley and Hutcher. A 50-lap rundown upcoming for you now. And all of a sudden, Hensley's right there on Sonny Hutchins. They're one and two. Hutchins first, Hensley second. Third, number 54, Lenny Pond. Fourth is Earl Ross going in the fifth position. Is reported as Richard Childress's number 96 and it dropped back. And then after that caution flag, found himself right back in the thick of things. Six, number 71, Ray Hendricks. Up to seventh comes number 11, Cale Yarborough continuing to nip away. And now Cale Yarborough moves around. Cale Yarborough pulls around that car of Ray Hendrick and he moves into six. Back in eighth is Donnie Allison. In ninth is Satch Worley in the 67. The battle for the lead goes down the backstretch and it's almost door to door. Then 0-1 gets in front. Here comes the 0-2 automobile. Jimmy Hensley battering the back of 0-1 in turn four. They're back into the main straightaway, completing the 57th lap with still Sonny Hutchins in front, Jimmy Hensley in second. They begin to take the heavy artillery and lean on each other here in these corners now. Hensley is really keeping the pressure on Sonny Hutchins. He's drop-kicked him once coming into the number one corner, dropped down to the inside, but Sonny's doing a magnificent job of staving him off in these corners. They're coming out of turn four, and again, he almost pushes him out of that turn. Hensley dives for the inside as they get ready to overlap Elmo Langley's automobile at turn number one. The average speed is only 65.694 miles per hour, and that corrected slowed down speed is because of two cautions in the early going. One of them, when car number 90 erupted and smoked down in turn number one, putting the Trucksmore Industries car, formerly driven by Charlie Glotzbach, out of commission for the day. If you're just joining us, the key item here this afternoon is in that national championship battle. Richard Petty's car is behind the wall. He's been there now for more than 20 laps. At car number 11, Cale Yarborough is running beautifully. He's pulled himself into sixth position as he continues to slice through the field. Cale won here in the Virginia 500 earlier this year. Hensley rides over the lip on the inside of turn number three. There's a six-inch curve, and he put the left front tire right over it, bounced across the track as he tries to move around the leader, Sonny Hutchins. I know this sounds like a sportsman race when you're talking about Sonny Hutchins in front, Jimmy Hensley in second, but Clay Earls made sure that three or four of Virginia's best had an opportunity to show their driving prowess against the world's best stock car drivers. And right now, on what they consider their home track, they're leaving the field, these two drivers, Hutchins and Jimmy Hensley, by more than three seconds. It's a tremendous display for the talents that usually you only read about in the bottom paragraphs of national stories. 0-1, Hutchins in front, Jimmy Hensley in second, and this crowd is getting a real thrill as now they watch Lenny Pond in third, and around the outside, still wheeling by automobiles. Here comes Cale Yarborough into fourth position. Earl Ross drops the fifth. In six is Benny Parsons. Kale looks to be the hottest thing on the racetrack right now in the Junior Johnson Carling automobile. 
Barney Hall. He's closing about a half a second a lap on the leaders, Ken, and Cale is working traffic. Just unbelievable. In these corners, he's passing some of the slower cars on the outside, on the inside. He definitely is the fastest car on the track. If Cale Yarborough wins, he will cut into Petty's Winston Cup lead by 300 points. Petty has a 500-point lead as they move into the last four series events. He can pick up 300 points today. Petty entered race number 27 with actually 491 points. If Cale wins, the margin will be only 191 for the National 500 next up next Sunday afternoon in Charlotte, North Carolina. Cale is defending champion in that race, the National 500 at Charlotte. Ken Squire with you at Martinsville, Virginia, where we may be broadcasting the upset of the year in Winston Cup Grand National Racing. The first and second place drivers, both well-known sportsman drivers trying to break into national headlines. In front, Sonny Hutchins. In second, Jimmy Hensley. These two Virginia drivers are also both on Firestone tires. Goodyear has dominated in every event this year in Winston Cup Racing. But right now, Firestone runs first and second. Going third is Lenny Pond, also a Virginian, as they continue to dominate here at Martinsville in the half mile this afternoon. In fourth is Elsa Craig, Ontario, Canada's Earl Ross. Fifth is Detroit, Michigan's Benny Parsons. Sixth is Timmonsville, South Carolina's Kaylee Avaro. Seventh, this is on the 60-lap rundown, was number 71, Ray Hendrick, and there's a lot of smoke pouring out of the back of the K&K Dodge as it comes down by us in the 70th lap. On that 60-lap rundown, the eighth position, Buddy Baker. The ninth, Richard Childress. The tenth position, J.D. McDuffie. Eleventh was car number 67, Satch Worley. Twelfth, James Hilton. Thirteenth, Dave Marcus. Fourteenth, Cuckoo Marlin. 15th, Elmo Langley, and the first 15 cars after 71 laps are all in the same lead lap. In 16th, a lap down, Richie Panch of Daytona Beach, the rookie. In 17th, Dave Sisko. In 18th, Jabe Thomas. 19th, Cecil Gordon back in action after that shunted turn number one. 20th is the car number nine, Tony Bettenhausen. 21st, with the car number four this afternoon, Pee Wee Wentz, and the 22nd position is P.K. Ulrich in number 40. 72 laps, now complete, as it continues to be a Virginia route at Martinsville this afternoon. Hutchins in first, Hensley in second, and all of a sudden, Lenny Pond seems to have found the groove, and he's moving in on Jimmy Hensley last year's Rookie of the Year, who's been out for a month and a half after that terrible crash in Pocono, Pennsylvania, which injured him badly, couldn't drive. He's here today running a very stout third, and he's moving in on Jimmy Hensley as he comes out of turn number four. He has cut it from a 12-car advantage that Hensley has been enjoying in second place to a six-car advantage as they move into turn one. Lenny has chopped it down pretty good. He's moving up real well. The tip on the front runners right now seems to be the handling. I was noticing Cale's car and also Donnie Allison and Buddy Baker. They're hanging out a little bit, coming out of the corner, which means they're not getting as good a bite off the tires coming off those turns. Sonny Hutchins and Hensley, on the other hand, are just chopping the corners off real straight, coming right out in the line and going on down the backstretch. And that seems to be a big difference here in the early laps of the race. Let's go back to the tower. The 70-lap rundown for you now at 70 laps, 35 miles. Hutchins in front, Jimmy Hensley in second, Lenny Pond in third, Cale Yarborough now up to fourth position on a 70-lap rundown. In the fifth position, back comes Richard Childress, then in sixth, number 88, 
That's the Donnie Allison car. In the seventh position, Benny Parsons. In eighth is Buddy Baker. Ninth is Earl Ross dropping back. In tenth, J.T. McDuffie. Eleventh is Ray Hendrick. Twelfth is the number two automobile. And that car is Dave Marcus. Thirteenth is the Buddy Arrington car. And showing fourteenth would be car number 96, Richard Childress. We have Richard Childress listed twice, and that would be incorrect as both the fifth place and the 14th place car. And I believe the mistake might be accredited to Almo Langley's number 64. We'll check that one back for you. The 15th position car is James Hilton. 16th is Cuckoo Marlin. 17th is number 30. That's Walter Ballard's automobile. He's up to 17th. He was far further back earlier. Then in 18th is, they're reporting Langley, and 19th, Dave Sisko. But we have two. Number 96 is reported, and we'll have to have that checked out. Checking the attrition rate of the number of cars that have dropped out as we move up toward 100 to 500 laps this afternoon, and there still is a big opportunity for an upset, Barney. These Virginia drivers are really fired up. When we talked to them this morning in the pits, they were psyched up. They had good equipment. They thought they could get it done. And what a grand opportunity for them to prove themselves against the very best there are in stock car racing in the world. Right down in front of Pitt Road at the start-finish line, Elmo Langley has gotten the black flag. He ran a stop sign coming out of the pits during this caution flag. He got a black flag, and he's being held up for a lap. He's halfway out of the car, has his right leg hooked over the front of the car and uh, is talking with the starter who stopped him and he's very unhappy about the whole thing but he's being held up for a lap. Elmo Langley back to the tower. He's mad. He is out there and they are now he's leaning on the side of the car. Now he's back arguing again and apparently he's summer with the umpire and summer again. But the argument continues down here on the line. Elmo's lost the argument. We're back under green again here at Martinsville, Virginia. Ken Squire and the Motor Racing Network bringing you the action as Benny Parsons applies the wrist twisting to car number 11. Cale Yarbrough's automobile in turns three and four. They are slugging it out now for the first spot and Parsons looking for a chance to win. He has gone dry over the past season. Would like very much to get it all together. And here he is challenging in the backstretch. He seems to get a little better by going into the turn than does Cale Yarbrough. And he's right back up on him. Here they are, down into the main straightaway. They are into turn number one, and Barney, that Benny Parsons car looks good. Benny's been running extremely strong the last three races. He qualified very well here, running real hard this afternoon. He told me the rest of the season he's going to push that car just as hard as it'll go, and he's doing that right now. Up in the number three corner, Cale Yarborough still riding in the number one position. There is a, an indication, I think, from the pits that possibly Hensley is still the number two position car as they come out of the turn in front of you, Ken Squire. There's Jimmy Hensley's 0-2. What a beautiful racing car. That's the Russell Large automobile. Russell Large, president of the Lonesome Pine Speedway. And the owner, this number 02, which has been running so remarkably well. They have a beautiful racetrack and certainly a spectacular car. This white and silver automobile that continues to show well this afternoon at Martinsville, Virginia. The 100-lap rundown is upcoming here at Martinsville, Virginia. Cale Yarborough seeking another Winston Cup Grand National victory going for his 11th this afternoon of the Carling Chevrolet prepared by Junior Johnson. 
is out in front. It has been a surprising race in the first 100 laps as Virginia drivers have dominated the top three positions with Sonny Hutchins, Jimmy Hensley, Lenny Pond all going strong. Right now as matters stand, it's Cayley Arborough first, currently number two in the national standings. Lenny Parsons is second. Lenny Pond is in third. Going fourth, Sonny Hutchins, and fifth is Jimmy Hensley. We've had three caution flags to date, and the major item as far as national news is concerned, Richard Petty is in the pits. He's been there now for over 50 laps, and his hope of getting closer to sewing up his fifth national championships have been diminished. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. The upset of the year may be in the making at Martinsville, Virginia in the $3.5 million Winston Cup Grand National Series 1974 with a caution. Now off for the fifth time on a green on. Lenny Pond is in the lead after the latest series of pit stops. Right behind him in second place is the Emanuel Zerbacos automobile being driven by Sonny Hutchins. Then, imagine this, in the third position, Still scrapping is the rookie, Earl Ross of Elsa Craig, Ontario. Door handle to door handle with Benny Parsons in fourth. Going fifth is Buddy Baker. In sixth is Donnie Allison. And all the way back to seventh is Kaylee Arborough. That $5,000 prize for leading the most laps in this 500-lap event on this half-mile track will be in question all day. Number 14, Cuckoo Marlin, makes one lap after that altercation with the wall, which brought out the car flag and now he retires the automobile he's back in the garage area Lenny Pond of Ectric Virginia trying to win for the Virginia crowd today it looks like a record breaker on a beautiful day for automobile racing second spot continues to be another Virginian Sonny Hutchins of Richmond right there on the rear bumper as they go down the back stretch in the 144th of 500 laps Lenny Parsons of Ellaby North Carolina and Detroit Michigan rides the LG to Wood automobile number 72 the Kings Row fireplace car in third then the RC Cola car is in fourth. Earl Ross in fifth is in fifth. Donnie Allison, nope. There's a real all in the wall in the number two corner just coming out of the corner. Sonny Hutchins stuffs that Chevrolet up against the concrete and he's bound to have done some sheet metal damage and he is falling back in the pack. Let's go back to the tower. He falls behind Benny Parsons who goes to second and all of a sudden the handle is out of number 01 Sonny Hutchins again. He's dropping back as Buddy Baker climbs up on the outside and takes the RC Cola car into third. Dropping to fourth is Hutchins. Going fifth is Cale Yarborough. Sixth is Donnie Allison. Back to seventh is Earl Ross. Uh, Sonny Hutchins came by Ben Rogers a while ago. He stuck his arm out the window, held up one finger to indicate, I think, to his crew that he's coming in after one lap. And he's coming around turn four right now, but is uh, staying in the race at the present time. Once again, gesturing to his crew as he goes by, but staying on the track. Back to the tower. Jimmy Hensley is making his move once again. Jimmy Hensley is down on the inside of Donnie Allison, trying to move under him. Reviewing for you, the leader is car number 54, Lenny Pond. In second spot is Benny Parsons, and Parsons is closing ground. Third is Buddy Baker. Down on the inside of Baker comes Cale Yarborough. Fourth is Donnie Allison. Fifth is Jimmy Hensley. And now, number 01 is on. Pit Road, Sonny Hutchins brings in that beautiful blue and white numeral machine. They're going to change rubber on the right side. 
He's getting rubber on the right side and getting out of the turn. We have a new leader. It's Benny Parsons going door to door with car number 54, Lenny Pond. Frank Warren gets in front of him momentarily. They're still side by side and back in turn number one. Who will it be? Oh, they stacked them three deep on Frank Warren's car there. They're still door to door going out of the corner. Here's Benny. He bends the sheet metal a little bit as they slap it together. Coming out of the number two corner. And it's a dead heat in turn three. Detroit, Michigan's Benny Parsons on the inside goes into the lead. Under green, Benny Parsons now commands the Old Dominion 500 at Martinsville, Virginia. And the Virginia driver is in second. He goes right back to the inside in turn one. Pond trying to make his move. Chops him off this time, and Lenny Pond has to settle for second position. Cale Yarbrough is back in third spot, and he is moving up on the leaders. He had a, a right up inside the pond a moment ago coming into the number one corner before Lenny got lapped there, jumped up on the concrete, and almost got in a problem himself. Let's go back to the tower. Imagine this, 150 laps down. We haven't had more than five cars retire, eight cars running in the lead lap, and it's door handle to door handle banging around this half-mile beautiful facility at Martinsville, Virginia. Old-fashioned stock car racing at its very finest in Winston Cup racing. A 38-second pit stop was recorded on Sonny Hutchins' automobile as they tried to find out while it wasn't getting out there in a digging like it was a little earlier. He's back on it again. Here's Randy Hutchison, who's had an on-again, off-again afternoon, bringing Bill Champions number 10 back on pit road. The lead machines are down in turn number two into the backstretch with a big advantage now. It's Benny Parsons seeking his second victory. Earlier this year, he scored a Winston Cup checkered flag crown mark at Richmond, Virginia. Cale Yarborough moves to the inside of Lenny Pond as they battle for second position at turn one. Cale gets up on that concrete curb again, and he has to back off for a moment. Stomps it coming out of the number two corner, and he's alongside of Lenny Pond. They're down the back chute, and they're almost door to door as they move to turn three. As they move in, Cale Yarborough is down the inside. They race wheel to wheel in turn three. In turn four, Cale Yarborough sliding gracefully, dirt tracking his way into second position in front of Lenny Pond. 150 lap rundown for 75 miles. Parsons in front. Then Lenny Pond in second with Cale Yarborough third in fourth. Was number 15 Baker in fifth. Was the number 02 Jimmy Hensley in sixth. Was Earl Ross in seventh. Was Donnie Allison seven cars still in the lead lap. In the eighth position, J.D. McDuffie in ninth. Was number 67 Satch Worley in the tenth position. Dave Marcus, 11th. Ray Hendrick in the K&K Dodge and the average speed of the leaders 60.628 miles per hour. That's nowhere near a record for 150 laps. The record is some 18 miles an hour faster at 78.75 miles per hour established by Donnie Allison back in 1971. Five caution flags thus far in this race which has gone 159 laps. David Sisko who raked the concrete here a couple of days ago in practice is now bringing his number 05 out of Nashville, Tennessee onto pit road and apparently is retiring from competition. The leader in front is Parsons, but here comes Cale Yarborough. They're about to overlap Jay Thomas on the inside. Cale Yarborough makes his move. He has been absolutely brilliant in turn number four all afternoon. He sashays the back end out, cuts down to the inside. Down in turn number one, he's working now. And Parsons really has a handful. He gathers up number 72, charges out of the second turn. Yarborough has him in his sights, tries to gun him down in turn three. This time, it's very nicely done in three by Benny Parsons, and Yarborough has no place to go but up on the rear bumper. We're seeing Benny Parsons getting a lead of four and five car lengths again. 
again over car number 11, Cale Yarborough. Yarborough was there, rattling away, trying to get the lead, and now finds himself way behind. He's dropped back to eight car lengths, Barney Hall. Well, you can bet if Cale is not leading the race, then the car is just not capable of running up there at present because with that lap, not the lap money, but the $5,000 bonus and still plenty of time to get that money, Cale had charged close to a, about a couple of inches a moment ago and was really knocking on the metal on Benny Parsons' car, and now he's back about three, four car lengths, and Benny is handling really good out of these corners. Let's go back to the tower. Well, you may be hearing history in the making this afternoon. We could be in for a tremendous upset as Benny Parsons is in front and the Virginia driver drivers seem really fired up to get a victory. Sportsman drivers getting a chance to run against the world's best and they're taking every bit of advantage they can on this speedway as their home turf to show what they can do and they're doing magnificently staying in front of such people as Donnie Allison and Buddy Baker and much of the race Kaylee Arborell. The Winston Cup Grand National Series, in event number 27 at Martinsville, Virginia before a capacity house on a beautiful afternoon seeing Cale Yarborough, Benny Parsons, and Lenny Pond continue this battle, which has all the makings of a real surprise before it's over. The first surprise came early. Richard Petty had trouble from the outset. He was out of the race in the very early going. He has parked it for the afternoon, and Cale Yarborough, nibbling away on Petty's lead for the national title, is having a marvelous day right now. Only one thing between him and what he wants most for his place, that's Benny Parsons, and he's wrapping on Benny's rear bumper as they lap Dave Marcus in turn number four, lap number 171. They're down the main straightaway. Kale may have been saving the car. This track is just a barn burner when it comes to brakes. Now he's there. He's going out to challenge the defending national United States stock car champion as they go down the backstretch. Parsons in front, Kale Yarborough, whose greatest year was in 1968 when he won everything but the tracks, is now in that second position ready to go. Against Squire Barney Hall down at turn number two. I was noticing Jimmy Hensley's car. There's a great deal of some kind of liquid pouring out of the car as he comes out of the turns. You can see it coming off the headers. I don't know if it's water from under the car, but we may watch that machine. He should have some problems because it's been coming out for about three or four laps now. Well, that'll make the track slippery, mighty slippery, as we continue through it today. They're ready to lap Bettenhausen, the leaders. That's 72 Parsons and number 11, Cale Yarborough. Third place automobile is dropped back by five seconds now. Lenny Pond, and here comes the Hensley automobile right behind him. And he could be making a skating rink out of the place. Here comes car number 15, and all of a sudden there is a signal from Baker, and I'm sure he's signaling about Hensley's automobile, Barney Hall. Yeah, ba Baker's been making some hand motions as they went off the turn in the rearview mirror. I'm sure that Hensley has seen it, but he apparently is not aware of what's going on. Looks like water coming from under the car. Great deal of liquid coming out every time around. Let's go back to the tower. So let's see what happens as Hensley comes by this time. Doesn't look bad in turn number four, but it could be something different somewhere else on the speedway. Number 88, Donnie Allison coming by. He's having a good afternoon in that Dieguard Chevrolet that is now out of Daytona Beach, Florida. The 170-lap rundown has Parsons first, Cale Yarborough second, Lenny Pond third, Jimmy Hensley in fourth, in the fifth position, Buddy Baker in the sixth position, Earl Ross, and in seventh, Donnie Allison, all running in the lead lap. Cale Yarborough's making a charge on Benny Parsons up in the number three corner. This is where Cale is at his best. He seems to really get this car all gathered up in turn four. He's back to the inside again on Parsons, but Parsons bends him off using full throttle down the front straightaway, and in turn number one, there's the battle once again. 
been tapping a little bit on Benny's bumper just to let him know he's there. And Benny is not handling as good coming out of the corners. The rear end of the car beginning to spin and hang out a little. Here goes Cale down to the inside again. Meanwhile, 0-2, Jimmy Hensley, another of the Virginia triumvirate that have been running so well this afternoon, has been brought in by the officials. The right side of the car is getting new tires, and the hood is up on the automobile. Charlie Harville. Jimmy started to get out of the car, apparently. One of his crewmen came over to the car and says, no, just stay right there. We'll see what we can fix. They are working underneath the car, on the, under the hood of the car, have the hood up, and uh, one of the mechanics has come over to the side looking for a special type of wrench and has it and is going back to the car right now to go to work on whatever ails it. I don't see any liquid or fluid of any kind coming out of it right now, but they have changed the right side tires during this stop and are working on a, a line of some kind inside the car. Uh, possibly an oil line, maybe a water line, but they're working on one of the hoses and trying to fix whatever it is. Back to the tower. Buddy Baker came by driving with one arm, the left hand, and with the right he was adjusting his shoulder harness the last time by in Baker's RC Cola car. That scrap for the lead continues here this afternoon to be a dandy with no separation, no interval between the first and second place automobiles. Benny Parsons first, Cale Yarborough maintaining second position with Lenny Pond in third, several seconds back. They're ready to lap Almo Langley, and Parsons is driving very carefully, not wanting to give Cale Yarborough any kind of an opportunity on lap cars to pull his way through. The sportsman drivers here today have been doing a remarkable job, but the equipment has been having some problems. First, Sonny Hutchins, who led much of the early going, spinned out of the number one corner, this time into the concrete and really clutching the car, Ray Hendricks in the K&K Dodge. Hendricks stuffs that car, number 71, in the rear. He went into the wall backwards, and he has really put a wrinkle in the trunk of that machine. Let's go back to the tower. That is the sixth caution period of the afternoon. The record is 12, and we're still a long way from halfway in this race. Yet while that was happening, Cale Jabro took the lead from Benny Parsons, also just going into the number three corner. Hendricks is still in this machine, but he flat crunched the rear of that one. He took it a full lick and running full bore backwards into the concrete. He is still sitting outside the corner in number two turn. Let's go back to the tower. Well, he, he cut it from a sedan to a compact in just about one and a half seconds as he put it into the wall. The car is running. It's rolling down to the inside of the speedway. Cale Yarborough is pitting, as is Benny Parsons, having swapped the lead just after this crash in turn number two, which has brought out the sixth caution flag of the afternoon. Martinsville, Virginia this afternoon. We are talking with Cale Yarborough about this track and whether or not it was bad on a driver. Here were Cale's thoughts. It's, uh, you have to drive... 100% of the time, you have no time to relax. Uh, it's cars strung out all the way around the racetrack. You got to be uh, physically and mentally alert 100% of the time. 110% uh, wouldn't hurt anything. Those are the thoughts of Kelly Arbor about driving out here. He's, he says it's bad. It is tough. Here is 67, Satch Worley, back on pit road. Imagine 3,800-pound cars turning them, twisting them while in traffic at full speed a thousand times. It's brute force, but it has to be done so delicately or you're out of the running. And Baker is having some real handling problems. That car is getting skitterish as it comes by again. A 310-lap rundown as Kelly Yarborough first. His teammate, Earl Ross, in second. Buddy Baker in third. Going fourth. Lenny Pond, fifth, Donnie Allison, sixth, Dave Marcus, seventh, Richie Panch, eighth, Buddy Arrington, ninth, James Hilton, and tenth, Elmo Langley. That rundown is identical with a 300-lap rundown. That was for 310. 
We're working in the 322nd lap right now. Cale Yarborough trying to win as he did in the spring here at Martinsville. He came back to Grand National Racing a year ago, and he had a miserable first half of the season, winning only one race from the early part of 1973. And then it all turned around. He went out and won the Southern 500 at Darlington a month later, the National 500 at Charlotte, North Carolina, and strung it out for a $162,000 season for himself. This year, he's had 10 wins. Thus far, he's seeking win number 11 today. But the one goal, the one thing he's wanted is that national title. He's seen Petty take it four times, saw Benny Parsons take it last year. He wants that. Bobby Isaac back in 1970. And he's told us so many times that would be the, the one challenge that he feels would be really worth going all out for. And he's done it for two years and says he'll do it until finally it becomes his. The Carling car is on the backstretch, number 11. The county commissioner from Timmonsville, South Carolina, Cale Yarborough, about to overlap car number 40, D.K. Ulrich of Charlotte, North Carolina. If Cale can hold the lead through lap 384, He'll pick up $5,000 in bonus money today for most laps led in the race. And Mrs. Yarborough, Betty Joe, down there in Timmonsville, I'm sure that she's all ready to go to the bank tomorrow if old Caleb can keep it together. Here he is about to overlap his teammate as he comes out of turn number four. Cale Yarborough gracefully slides that car to within four inches of the wall, flat puts it down into turn number one, Barney, and moves in on Earl Ross. Well, they almost get together coming in the corner. I don't think Earl saw him coming up, but all of a sudden Ross ducks to the bottom of the track and Cale just slides around easy. Cale is handling better than anybody on the speedway right now, but everybody's getting awful loose in the corners, and they're going to be making some pit stops very shortly. Baker can continues to fight that car, and he's going to be wore completely out before this race is over or before the next pit stop. Let's go back to the tower. You know, one of the things which you're, always stands out in your mind about these superstars of Grand National Racing is that this is such a brutal, violent, tough, rugged sport of the gentleness of these people like Kelly Yarbrough and, in particular, Buddy Baker. Here he is, what, six foot six. And he looks like he could just put his hand out and spin you right down into the ground. And he's probably one of the most gentle people you've ever met. Here he is brutally handling this car that is not working very well for him right now. And you see him around with a bunch of kids playing basketball after a race is over back at a motel. And he, he just can't believe it's the same guy you've seen out there going wide open at, say, 200 miles. Oh, oh Langley's in problems here in the number two corner. And he just barely keeps that car out of the wall. He got up in the loose rubber and was heading for the concrete and let off the thing just long enough and missed it by inches. And it continues on up into the number three corner. So he's back on it down here in three and coming around with Dave Marcus directly behind him. He could have taken a couple people with him, Barney. Could have got a couple of cars because there were two or three running right behind him and they were just waiting to see where he went. If he'd hit the concrete, he would have bounced off at the angle he was coming and come right back in race traffic. It's getting very delicate here in the turns now. That groove is moving lower and lower and the rubber continues to get deeper and deeper in the corner. Back to the tower. As they say, you make about a half inch turn in the wheel and you're through the turn. You make about a one inch turn in the wheel and you're through for the afternoon. And here right now, it's slippery and sliding around on this very greasy track with still Cale Yarborough dominating and He's at 330 laps. If he can hold on to it through 384 of the 500 distance, he'll get the $5,000 bonus for most laps led. With 14 of the original 30 starters still in competition at 334 of the 500 laps to be run, let's recapitulate what's happened here this afternoon at Martinsville, Virginia, in the Virginia 500. At the outset, 
Virginia drivers, sportsman drivers who came into this event on Firestone tires dominated. Sonny Hutchins in the Emanuel Zervakis car just stayed out in front. Jimmy Hensley, a local driver, gave the world's best a real run for their money and Lenny Pond led. In the early going, Richard Petty, who had been right up on the pole, had real problems, fell back, and after only 25 laps, was in the pit area, now out of the race, and Cale Yarborough has a chance to really take a big chew out of that cushion that Richard Petty had for the national championship this year as Cale continues to dominate. Danny Parsons has been a leader in this event. He, too, has fallen by the wayside. Number 15, Buddy Baker's had a shot at it. He's now having handling problems, but maintaining the car in third position. The fourth place car throughout the day has been number 88. That's Donnie Allison, the Donnie Allison racing team of Daytona Beach, Florida, looking very good. Cale Yarborough, we asked him if there was a place to pass on this track. Any better than another? It really has to be done uh, on the straightaways. There's very little passing to be done in the corners. The corners are flat and uh, real narrow. You really have to be careful. You can get by a slow car in the corners, but uh, it's almost impossible to pass a fast car here in the corner. If he gets to the, to the corner before you, uh, you usually have to follow him through because you run the same lines uh, most of the time through these corners. And the only way you can really get a shot at a man is get under him coming off the corners and uh, be side by side with him underneath going into the corner. And then uh, you pretty well got the groove. So that's about the only way you can get by a man here. Kaylee Yarborough just pulled around Lenny Pond, the fifth-place automobile, to put another lap on him. Here comes the Carlings car, white automobile with red and black trim, going down to complete his 300, well, his 340th lap. Is now in the book for Kale Yarborough. Tim, that's one of the more interesting narratives I've heard, because while Kale was describing to you the fact that he couldn't pass anybody fast in the corners, and that he had to pass him on the inside when he did. He went in the corner on the outside of Lenny Pond, who certainly isn't slow this afternoon. So uh, he didn't do it exactly like the book said he would, but he got around and he's running a great race. Back to the tower. He's had it hitched up all afternoon, but it was shoulder to shoulder against the top running cars like Allison and Buddy Baker. He has maneuvered just about the way he said he would. He would find a lap car and then he would sneak in underneath. And once he got the nose of that automobile in there, he just kept on applying pressure and forcing the other driver to the outside and he'd go through. Uh, very good maneuver that you often see Bobby Isaacer, David Pearson, Richard Petty pull off as well. It's worked out for him to give him a one lap advantage over the rest of the field as we get down toward the end of this one. Are you ready for this? They have a record crowd here today out in Martinsville, Virginia, which is just out in God's country, little, little town. They have 33,000 people. It's a record crowd watching this Winston Cup Grand National Race, 33,000. And we understand that at Charlotte, North Carolina, ticket sales are as never before for the National 500. So I might suggest if you're a racing fan and plan to be there for that epic next Sunday afternoon, you would order tickets now. It's, it's going to be a sensational race. Back to Barney Hall. Just looking at the cars that are still in competition, and I don't think there's a car on the track that doesn't have about five or six different color paints mixed in with a regular paint scheme. It looked like a group of chimpanzees were given a 10 or 12 buckets of paint and got loose on these cars. That's how much sheet metal has been swapped around here this afternoon. 
yesterday, uh, I believe it was Friday, I was going to tell you a moment ago that Cale Yarbrough had a pretty close call on his airplane. He took Jackie Rogers, the rookie driver, back to Wilmington, North Carolina. Jackie had an illness in his family, and on the way back, Cale lost a propeller on one of the machines, or on one of the engines in his machine. Uh, the seal broke in the thing, pumped all the hydraulic fluid out, and he had to go into Greensboro, North Carolina, to get it, leave it there for repair, going in on one engine. I saw an Aztec go over the speedway here a moment ago, which is a twin-engine airplane also, and that's what David Pearson flies. I was just wondering if that was David up here checking out the competition that'll be at Charlotte next Sunday, Ken. <laughs> Don't know. It can be, uh, you know, one thing about Yarbrough, if he has, has trouble, he can always he can always bail out. He was a free-fall star in the circus days after he played semi-pro football. Cale Yarbrough earned his living for a couple of years jumping out of airplanes. With a ruptured tire, he's going into the concrete. He brushes it very delicately. Got on the binders. He's exploded a right front tire. And Elmo, almost getting in the wall a moment ago, this time does not escape so luckily and does put a little wrinkle in the outside of the Elmo Langley Ford from Charlotte, North Carolina. Cuts through traffic and is taking it into the back pits. Let's go back to the tower. The eighth caution period of the afternoon. That's number eight, record 12 in the Virginia 500 this spring. Eighth caution period for Elmo Langley's automobile. Yellow is out. That'll bunch up the field and it is a break for Cale Yarborough, who we were saying used to earn a fair living jumping out of airplanes. The, the rumor has it, the legend is, that one of his best attractions was he put a lard can under one arm with a parachute in it, jump out, and with one hand take the parachute out, open it up, and float to the ground. you believe that? I don't know. He is a Paul Bunyan, though. There's no question about it. Do you believe it, Barney? Nope. <laughs> Not a lard can. <laughs> Number 54 coming in, Lenny Pond, and right behind him comes Earl Ross, and both of the Carlings cars are on pit road at the identical time. Now let's see what yep. these crews are going to do. Cale got in first. Cale is getting uh, rubber on the right side, and of course he's getting a tank of gas. They don't have any problems, apparently. The way he's been running, you wouldn't think so, and the crew is now also servicing the Earl Ross car, and here's Cale on his way out, fast pit stop for him. Back to the tower. Earl Ross, who's been coming on strong for Rookie of the Year honors at the completion, is uh, at the completion of the season is having another fantastic race this afternoon. Earlier this season at Michigan International Speedway, Roger Penske's great facility up there in Jackson, Michigan, he finished second, and uh, the whole Grand National crowd was amazed. He, he got a bigger ovation than Yarborough or Petty or anyone. Uh, because everybody from the province of Ontario, they, he is a superstar there. They came out by the thousands to see him run. And when they introduced him before the race even began, it was just amazing. They had really come out a gigantic throng to see him run against the best. Cale Arborough has just come into the pits again, and as he does, Earl Ross goes by him. Earl not coming in this time, and now Cale's getting rubber on the left side, so he'll have fresh tires all the way around. That's a fast pit stop, too, and here he goes back on the track, back to the tower. Barney Hall has been in the hot seat all afternoon, all day long. We see a NASCAR official coming across the track up here and picking up some debris just uh, out of turn four. At turn number one has, uh, has been a problem for people all through the day. Incidentally, we just have a report coming in the New England States Championship, which is being run at Catamount Stadium near Burlington, Vermont, in the town of Milton. Uh, in the first 20 laps, the leader is Andre Manny from Laval, Quebec. Second is Bobby Dragon. And running third at the time is Mac Miller with Dave Dion fourth. That's a late report on the New England States NASCAR Championship. No report as yet from Nashville 
on the major event there. Nashville should have been upcoming. We're going to check back on that for you shortly. So the race is back under green, and it's the eighth time this afternoon that they've seen that green flag unfurled. We've had seven caution periods thus far. Richie Pants is just getting back on. He had some problems that kept him in there a little longer than he might have wished. He's back on the track as Kaylee Yarborough continues to domineer in the Old Dominion 500 this afternoon before a record crowd of 33,000 enjoying what is one of sport's most marvelous attractions, Winston Cup Grand National Racing. And only three events left this year, so race fans around the country. It's Charlotte, North Carolina next Sunday, Rockingham coming up, and then out in November on the 24th to Ontario, California. East Coast and West Coast both get a final glimpse of the most competitive automobile racing in the world as we get down to the end of this $3.5 million series. The 340-lap rundown with 500 laps the margin this afternoon shows Kale Yarborough in front. Earl, and now by two laps. Imagine that. A two-lap advantage as Kale Yarborough continues to just bombard flare barrel around this speedway and take the field apart. Is a two-lap advantage over second-place runner Earl Ross. Third-place runner is Buddy Baker, and that's where the confrontation will be right down to the line. Fourth place this afternoon is Donnie Allison. Then three laps back in fifth is Lenny Pond. Going in the sixth position is car number two, and that is Dave Marcus. In seventh is Richie Pants. Going eighth is Satch Worley. Ninth, James Hilton. Tenth, Lenny Pond. 11th is number 25, Jay Thomas. 12th is number 79, Frank Warren. And 13th is number 9, Tony Bettenhausen. And can we check the numbers on number 54, Lenny Pond, which are showing up twice? The race continues to be a battle for second position as Kaylee Arborough tries to string it all together. In just a few more laps, it will be... An opportunity for him to pick up $5,000 in additional money. Car number nine, Bettenhausen down the back stretch. It's still 356 on the board with Cale Yarborough out in front. In the second position, it remains. Car number 52, Earl Ross. And Earl Ross of Alsa Craig, Ontario, could have one of his best finishes. He was the runner-up at Michigan earlier this year. He still stays in second place, but closing ground is... Buddy Baker in car number 15. Baker is moving up. It's number 64 instead of 54 in the back end of the field. Elmo Langley's car. Elmo Langley's number 64 instead of 54 in the outback position. We had 54 in there twice incorrect. Let's take a look at the number of cars still running. It's 14 automobiles of the initial 30 starters still floating around this half-mile track this afternoon in Virginia. Coming up should be a report from Nashville, Tennessee on that $31,000 sportsman race. And the Canadian giant, twice Quebec champion, Andre Manny is leading in the New England championships this afternoon up in Vermont. Here comes the second place, third place car, Buddy Baker. There is something really amiss with Baker's car. He's driving it magnificently, but the bike is just not there. When he wants it to come out of digging, he's coming out sideways, and that is not the way to get it done here on this half-mile track. Cale Yarborough on the subject of brakes at Martinsville, Virginia. This is probably the worst track uh, that we have for brakes. You have to use more brakes here than anywhere else because the turns are, are pretty flat, and uh, the, the turns are real narrow, too, so you really have to be careful getting in the corners, and you really really do uh, punish your brakes here. But we have brakes that we think that, you know, be no problem as far as going the distance, but still you have to be a little careful with them. 
Earl Ross being very careful, gingerly applying the brakes as he pulls up on Tony Bettenhausen's car and turns three and four and now goes around him on the outside going into turn one. Ross is running an exceptionally good race here this afternoon. He's worked traffic very well. He's beginning to become a seasoned pro with these guys. Early in the season when he moved into this ride, he was a little apprehensive against running against the heavyweights. But talking with him and doing some interviews and so forth, you can tell his confidence is there and he's coming around and he's shaped up as a good all-around driver. Most of the drivers have a great deal of respect for Earl Ross and expect some big things from him in coming races and in the 75 season. Ken, let's go back to the tower. Cale Yarbrough still going for his 29th career victory this afternoon at Martinsville, Virginia, dominating the Old Dominion 500. We were talking to Buddy Baker yesterday about this Martinsville and the shorter tracks. And Baker says a lot of people don't think you can get hurt on a short track because you're not really running, say, in the 80-mile-an-hour bracket. But Baker summed it up by saying when you're going into the corners at 70 or 80 and something happens, you don't have time to react at all, and you're almost automatically going to go into the wall, and it's a tremendous impact. And he says you can get hurt as quickly on a short track as you can on a big track. Well, having followed the short tracks, Barney, for so many years, you know, that that's so true. Uh any track can turn around and bite you and bite you bad, and it's just bitten Bettenhausen, and uh, that's a sadness. They, they have had a lot more ill fortune than they deserve. As you know, Merle has been doing some of the USAC broadcasts with us. He's one of the spunkiest guys I've ever met, and uh, the whole Bettenhausen family are, are real favorites of ours as racers. I think their dad is a, a person where many of us first got linked up with racing, following the legendary Tinley Park Express, who spent a life trying to win Indianapolis and didn't do it, and his three sons have dedicated themselves to putting Bettenhausen on the board, won a trophy out there some year. Both Gary, Gary was a former Rookie of the Year in the Winston Cup Grand National Racing. Tony's trying for it, and I think it's all over here at Martinsville, Virginia this afternoon. At Martinsville, Virginia, 367 laps down in the Old Dominion 500. The ambulance crew now leaving the speedway with Tony Bettenhausen, Jr., who has crashed in turns number three and four. The car has gone up on the hook and has been taken back to the garage area. It has been a heavy afternoon on attrition. There now remains, I believe, 13 cars. Barney, give them a countdown as they go by the turn one and two locations. 13. 13 machines are still in competition. Every bad crash we've had all day has been down in one and two until we had the worst one, and then it was right here in turns three and four, and he slid our broadcast location is not at the start-finish line, but up towards the fourth turn several hundred feet. And right beneath us is where the orange and gold car of Vitafresh Orange Juice Looked like finished some fire the was coming from under Bettenhausen's car as they towed it by here on that right side, and I believe there's some flame coming from out from under the car, and I don't think they see it. It's into the area, and it's, there's some safety crews around it as it moves down onto the pit road. Gee, that's too bad. They've blown about six engines this year. They, they, everything that could happen has happened to Bettenhausen. And it's one of those years, you know, some years you have it all go right, the next year nothing goes right. Dave Marcus just pulled on a pit road and threw a soda out of the side of the car. Apparently he was having a little refreshment out there as the afternoon continued. I wonder if he packed the box lunch for this day. It's a long one, I'll tell you. We're way over on our broadcast schedule. What was seven, now eight caution periods. Here's Elmo Langley, Langley's car coming by, and that one's rumpled, too. Marcus is pretty excited about Charlotte next weekend. You know, he had the ride in the K&K &K car at Talladega uh, about a year ago when Bobby Isaac had the kidney stone and was put in the hospital the night before the race, and, and Marcus did such a tremendous showing out there, and he's very excited about getting in one of the K&K &K cars at Charlotte again. Daryl Derringer is uh, just about ready to head down to Charlotte. We'll see you there next Sunday for the National 500, old man. All right, Ken, I'll uh, be out there every day. As 
I'm kind of a home mayor, so I'm uh, looking forward to working with you. Yeah, that's, until you've been to Charlotte, you've never really been to a race, have you? I'll tell you what, it's really a racing town, just like it is here in Martinsville. I don't know where the people come from, but they come out of the hills and the crevices, I guess. Well, next week is, is going to be it. You know, that's as hard a rap as I've seen on a half mile. I saw a boy in a sportsman track break his back a couple of years ago with a rap like that. that he really took a lick. Yeah, uh, in 1963, I was racing up there driving for Bill Strop out of Long Beach, California, and just I let off the accelerator going into number three corner over just like Mettenhauser did. The car jumped out of gear. I didn't have the engine to help slow it down, and the only thing I had brakes, and I hit the wall a ton and wiped the car out. How'd you and, come out? Well, it bruised me up, but I didn't break anything race the next week? Oh, yes, but I'm very sore. <laughs> He's tough, yeah. <laughs> Figured as much. Daryl Derringer will be with us on the broadcast of the National 500 from Charlotte next week. And don't stay home to listen to Daryl and me. You ought to come on out and see the race, that's for sure, right, Daryl? That's right. Richard Howard uh, has a good show and, and a lot of top drivers for USAC and NASCAR and, and good combination of automobiles, so I think uh, everybody should look forward to coming to Charlotte. Derringer, when are you going to get back out here and get in the car? I might have come out of retirement if I don't find a job. <laughs> <laughs> the initial report is just in on Tony Bettenhausen. Let's go to Charlie Harville. The NASCAR official just by here who was with Tony when he was lifted into the ambulance a moment ago said he's possibly got a dislocated right shoulder and also possibly has a broken right arm. We'll be getting a report later on and before the race is over, I'm sure. AC Pontiac safety car pulling in, race about to resume. Cale Yarborough going for win number 11 of 1974, 29th career win. Here he is down to take the green. Right behind him, his teammate Earl Ross, the young Canadian driver, a bruiser, about six foot two. He looks like he'd make a great interior lineman. He bangs his teammate out of turn number two, Barney Hall. Blaster way out of there, and Ross is hanging on to the bumper of Cale, running very strong out of the number two corner, down to back shoot in a heavy pile of traffic up in the number three turn at present. As they come around, that third place automobile is number 15, Buddy Baker going into fourth spot is Lenny Pond. Number 54, Pond is moving about, and he could be giving some trouble to Baker here. I believe that he has a mark on Baker, Barney Hall. I think they're in the same lap, and that he's one spot in front of him. And how do you read it? I would say that's uh, about right, Can We need to check with scoring on that because there seems to be some dissension between the scoreboard and the scoring stand right now on exactly that third place and second place cars are showing Donnie Allison on the scoreboard. That is, they are showing Allison correctly. Then they're showing the 52 now in the third position, Earl Ross, and they're showing him in the same lap with Allison. And here they swap positions around out there. Anyway, Cale Yarborough is out in front of that. There is no question. And three laps back in fourth spot is Baker. That car has been a little temperamental and it's taking a very sensitive touch by the giant Buddy Baker to keep that one aimed right in the corners as he goes down into turns numbers one and two. Buddy Baker is being shown as three laps down running in the fourth position. The backstretch is where Cale Yarborough continues to run full throttle into turn number three. Uh, can, bringing you up today, if Cale is over the wall momentarily, that little that little lip on the inside of the track, that curbing that runs up about six or eight inches, and it sent him right across the racetrack toward the wall. He was able to get it back together. Ross and Allison are reported as two laps back. Okay, we're having an update now from scoring that tells us Cale Yarborough is in front with 88 in second, running in the same lap with Earl Ross. So, if Donnie Allison 
and Earl Ross can get together out here. We're going to have themselves a real battle for second position. They are now about 15 car lengths apart. In the fourth position, three laps down is Buddy Baker. Then comes the number 54 of Lenny Pond. He made a real charge at the beginning, actually led some laps, and he must be tiring, Barney, of coming off an injury such as he sustained and then getting out here to work. I'm sure that by now it's beginning to become a long afternoon. One of the reasons some of the cars look like they're not running so quick is that Cale is handling so good. He is running so fast. He can work traffic inside, outside. Cars sticking so good in the corners, it makes everybody else look like they're really off the pace, and they are compared to Cale, but they're still running 23 seconds down in the low 23 seconds even the guys that are running back second, third, and fourth. 386 of 500 laps are now complete with Kaylee Arborough maintaining the lead in the Junior Johnson prepared car, which has never worked better than it is working this afternoon. Directly across from our Motor Racing Network main booth is a big sign that says, Go Kale, and apparently he got the message. Barney Hall. Kale is one of the few drivers that has led all 500 laps of a Grand National race. He led all the laps at Bristol about a year ago in the spring race up there. And the Junior Johnson crew, I guess probably between Junior and the Petties, are the best crews in the world for setting up a car to handle on a short track. If they get everything on the numbers, as they say, there just ain't no way to catch them. And that's, that's exactly the way Kale is running here this afternoon. One other thing, Ken, a rookie that we haven't talked about too much this afternoon and had so many problems here in the spring was Richie Panch. And Richie has driven one of his better races of the season here today. He's had no problems at all. I think last time he spun out about six, maybe seven times here in the number one corner. But he's running real strong, should be in the top ten right now. It's Martinsville, Virginia, where a record crowd of 33,000 are enjoying this Old Dominion 500, watching Kelly Harborough lap after lap superbly, digesting the rest of the field, just gobbling them up lap after lap, moving quicker, still the fastest car on the racetrack anywhere you look. And this racetrack is a toughie. It's a hard one, but as we mentioned earlier, it is a beauty. Harry Hyde put it so well in the Roanoke Times this morning's edition. He said the great promoters stand out. Clay Earls is to promoters what Richard Petty is to race drivers. Those are the thoughts of the K&K crew chief, Harry Hyde, about Clay Earls, who has put together this track. And every year you come here, they make improvements. And if you haven't had an opportunity to be at Martinsville this year, don't forget the Martinsville Cardinal 500, $62,000 race, 250-lap sportsman, 250-lap modified event that takes place here at the end of the year. Each year, in the end of October, it's the 27th of October, and Motor Racing Network will be bringing it to you in the eastern United States. He's brought out a wonderful field, giving these Virginia folks a chance to see some of their very best drivers against the best stock car drivers in the world. He's also brought back out this K&K car, and of course next week it's down in Charlotte and then on to Rockingham and out to Ontario, California for the entire circuit. But here today, the super crowd is seeing a super race and one of the giants, Kaylee Arborough, doing everything correctly with less than 100 laps to go. 406 of 500 have been run, and can Kale keep it hitched up and get himself another victory? It's just a wait-and-see situation. In the pits, this report from Charlie Harville. I was talking before the race with Buddy Baker. You know, Buddy prefers to run on the big tracks, and he says he has to get used to riding slow on a track like this. We're also talking about the use of the brakes, and he points out that if you just use the brakes each time you go into a turn, you have to use the brakes 1,000 times during a 500-lap race. 
But it, of course, there's a situation of being caught in traffic and having to apply the brakes from time to time during the race. So you're using the brakes from 12 to 1,500 times over the 500 laps of the race, and it can get pretty tiring for the driver and, of course, tremendous wear and tear on the equipment. Back to the tower. There'll be one more pit stop for Cale Yarborough, and this will be the issue, I am sure. Hitting that pit stop properly and getting back out. We saw Petty come in and never come out today. We asked Cale Yarborough about pit stops here at Martinsville, Virginia. Well, definitely. You can get uh, lapped in the pits here if, uh, if you're real careful, and it's something we really have to concentrate on is getting in and out and uh, make sure that all the pit stops go real well because you can sure get lapped in the, in the pits, especially on the short track. Those are the thoughts of Cale Yarborough. He's got that one critical pit stop yet to make, the 400-lap rundown with the average speed at 600, uh, 665 point, it's been a long day, 65.365 miles per hour. The record for 400 laps is 77 miles an hour by Donnie Allison back in. That record by... Donnie Allison back in 1971 at 77.708 miles per hour. Now, the 400-lap rundown has Cale Yarborough first. In the second spot, Earl Ross. In the third position, car number 88. That's the Donnie Allison automobile running in the same lap. Then in fourth, four laps down, Buddy Baker. In the fifth position is Lenny Pond. We've got a crash right in front of me. Lenny Pond is in the wall. Lenny Pond was hit by the Deppie Enterprises, number two. He spun, he was nailed again, went across the track and head on into the concrete. Lenny Pond's number 54 is right exactly in the same spot where arrested the Bettenhausen car. Kenny did some damage to Buddy Baker's car they, also. They say he may have blown, that he blew. Pond, Kale, Kale blew. Kale Yarborough has blown. Car number 11. And the whole race is changing once again. Hang on, folks. It's a typical Winston Grand National race. Car number 11 in trouble. Number 54, Lenny Pond has spun in turn number four. Cale Yarborough is in the pits. Let's go to chart. Wait a minute. 54 Pond has fired. The whole front end gone, but somehow he's driving it back down onto pit road. Let's go to Charlie Harville. Cale Yarborough just pulled his car into the pit, just paused briefly at the pit, and then backed on behind the pit wall, and I haven't seen him get out of the car yet. He's hidden from my view by a van, which is sitting there, but he is apparently definitely out of the race, and Lenny Pond is right down in front of us, and Lenny is just now being helped to get his harness loose and get out of the car. The car is a wreck on the right side, and I don't know how he drove it here, but Lenny is apparently quite all right. Yep, I can see him in the car. He took the helmet off, and he's sitting there for a moment just to gain his composure. Maybe a little shaken, but otherwise, okay. Back to the tower. There were three cars all running together as they came out. And apparently it was something out of Kale's automobile that set car number 54 slide, and he got bumped, spun, tapped again, came right across the track. He spun over the inside curbing in turn number four, the yellow-painted curb, spun over it, did a 360, and as he came back, he crossed right across the track and head on into the concrete and wiped out the right front of the automobile. Meanwhile, car numbers 2 and number 15, Dave Marcus and Buddy Baker, also took a lick as it was a chain reaction crash. They have continued, but out of all of this, Cale Yarborough has blown an engine, and it's a whole new race. What do you think of that, Barney Hall? 
It's unreal. It's, it's Grand National competition, though. You've never got the marbles in the bag until you've got the checkered flag and you're in victory lane and they've counted all the laps. They say that so many times, and it's so true, whether it's a short track or a super speedway. But it is a tough break for Kale, who had a good chance to pick up a lot of ground on Richard Petty, and he's still going to pick up some ground on him here by the money won and the laps that he did complete. But it would have been an even better deal for him to close that gap more had he been able to complete the race. Let's go back to the top. Are you ready for this one? I told you this would be the afternoon that we could see an upset. Earl Ross, Elsa Craig, Ontario, Canadian runner, the rookie, will now be in the lead. Ross will be in front, and he still has a good handling automobile. Here's a rookie out in front. Can he win a Grand National race? I don't recall how long it has been since we've had a rookie put one together, but we're going to find out for you right now. Earl Ross in the Carling car looking for a victory unprecedented in Grand National competition. We'll try to get the figures for you on it. Kaylee Yarborough's automobile is in. Charlie Harville will be talking to him momentarily. The safety crew is moving in. 422 of 500 laps complete. What a remarkable, what a strange event we're having at Martinsville today before a record crowd of 33,000. So, as it shapes up and shakes down, it is number 52, Earl Ross for the lead. Donnie Allison's number 88 will be in second. Buddy Baker will be in third. The left side of his car is a little bit rumpled, and he's in there for some work on the car. Certainly no cosmetic work. They'll just take the fender off when they get home, but they are changing right side rubber right now. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. The green is out once again. Dash down in the number one quarter field. Yarborough tries to pull away a little bit and opens about a two-car separation on Betty Parsons. Parsons pushes the throttle and comes out in the number two corner. Still about two car lengths back, and this has been a battle for first place all afternoon between these two machines. They're in turn number three. Betty Parsons is right back there again for Kaylee Yarborough's first position. These two have had a real sing-song throughout the battle at 190 laps. They're into turn number one, and the red-white numeral, number 72 of Benny Parsons, LRB, North Carolina, where he's the head of the local PTA and was formerly a taxi cab driver up in Detroit, Michigan, maintaining that second spot and moving in on the commissioner from Timmonsville, South Carolina, Kaylee Yarborough. Third spot is Baker, going fourth is Earl Rock, the Husky Canadian driver. Then comes Lenny Pond and Donnie Allison. In that order, those are the front six drivers here. They're all running in the lead lap and running within about four seconds of each other. Barney Hall. Back of the spring race, this $5,000 bonus that was put up for the driver leading the most laps was almost showed up by Cale Yarborough at this stage in the race, but right now it is still wide open for grabs. But Cale is in command as they come out of the number four corner and move to turn one. But Benny Parsons having a super day. He is keeping the pressure on Cale, Ken Squire. Donnie Allison is just making the big move. Donnie Allison making a move on the inside. Finds himself up into fifth position as he was able to snake Earl Ross to the outside. He threw him a dummy. Earl went high to block him off, and there was Donnie right beneath him floating through. This Virginia crowd has just stood and given a standing ovation to Lenny Pond, who put the move on Buddy Baker, moved under him in turn number three, moved Baker out of the groove and fired that master Chevrolet up, and they're still standing in the plotting as he comes by. Virginians take a great deal of pride in their drivers, and here's one who's come up through the ranks in NASCAR sportsman competition, moved in a Grand National, had a really terrific battle all last year with Darrell Waltrip for Grand National Rookie of the Year honors, and here he is this afternoon on the recovery trail after breaking his shoulder, Pocono 
Central Pennsylvania back in July. Here comes that battle. Whoa, Buddy Baker gets nailed by car number 88. Donnie Allison looked like Baker might have closed down and didn't realize Allison was underneath him. And they were in contact in turn four. This afternoon, it's a half-mile track, a beautiful half-mile, as nice as any racetrack in the country. There are some that are called faster, there are some that are called uh, more rigorous, but there are none more beautiful than this little track at Martinsville, Virginia, this half-miler where we see the very best of competition because it brings it all back home to where these drivers began their racing careers. Tracks exactly like this for many of these drivers back when they were dirt. But I'll tell you, they've been dirt tracking all afternoon, Barney Hall. We've seen the back ends of these cars out and floating just as if it was a half-mile fairgrounds from lap one. Punch these cars so hard coming out of the corners, and if you run in a little bit deep, the rear end has just got to hang out. And from then on, it's kind of hold on and hope you don't get up in the marbles. I noticed right down directly in front of me, the rubber is beginning to pile up almost a half quarter inch thick here. And if anybody gets out of that 10 or 12 foot groove down there, they're definitely going into the concrete here in turns one and two. Let's go back to the tower. 218 of 500 laps are down at Martinsville, Virginia with Cale Yarborough commanding the Old Dominion 500, trying to make it a sweep this year. He won the first Grand National race in the spring, the Virginia 500 over Richard Petty by less than a lap. Today, he'll win by nearly 500 laps. Petty out early. Cale Yarborough still in it. That is, if Cale Yarborough can stay in it. He's in front of a long way to go in some very decent competition. Still flat on the mat, trying to chase him down. Denny Parsons has had a remarkable day. He actually took the lead away from Cale at one time. He now runs a consistent second all around the track, just a few feet behind the leader. The third spot is Lenny Pond of Ettrick, Virginia. And if there was ever a driver psyched in the old Fireball Roberts definition of psych, it's Lenny Pond. I used to talk about Roberts, how even before there was that kind of a definition of psych for, for athletes, Fireball would be the kind of guy that would really get prepared, didn't want to fool around with folks before race, just mentally prepare himself to win, and win he did so many times. And that was Pond this morning. He was very quiet, didn't want to be around folks too much, wanted to come out here in front of a Virginia crowd and do his very, very best. And he, up oh, 72. Denny Parsons on pit road under green. Let's go to Charlie Harville. On pit road, Denny Parsons automobile. Charlie, are you there? Denny is getting the right side tires, but he's also getting the front of the car hose down to cool off the engine a little bit. Uh, the longer they run, of course, the hotter it gets. And Denny is getting a drink of water, getting the windshield cleaned off, and has got the gas tank capped off, and he's on his way out of pit road back to the tower. 19 and 2 10 seconds, the pit stop for Benny Parsons, and he is back underway. That gives Kale a big advantage. Ed Negree is parking his automobile in the backstretch. Car number eight from Kelso, Washington. Ed Negree is on pit road. Off turn number four, here's Kale Yarborough getting down underneath. Car number 15, Buddy Baker, as they zoom down to the first turn, Barney, uh, Barney Hall. Kale goes around on the outside, and that just tells you how good he's handling as he chopped Baker coming into the number one corner and has now moved around and put a lap on Buddy Baker. And just counting the field, Ken, I think we've lost 13 cars at this stage of the race. Let's go back to the tower. Out of the 30 that started, that's just remarkable on a half-mile track. They really stand to take abuse out here this afternoon. Kale Yarborough coming by in front. The Lenny Pond automobile, now the Master Chevrolet, still showing as the third-place automobile, but Earl Ross's number 52 from Elsa Craig, Ontario, running fourth is moving in. Donnie Allison in 88 is pitting. That's the car that got really wrapped a moment ago. He's on pit road, and let's see what his pit stop will be. 
They're changing right side rubber on the die guard Chevrolet, the gold top, gold number 88, and the navy blue on the sides of the automobile. Now based in Daytona Beach, Florida, the work continues. The car is down. They've changed two tires. They put in the fuel. They get him out, and they did it well. 17 and 8 tenths seconds. 17 and 8 tenths seconds, the time it took to change. fire at J.D. McDuffie's car, and he slams into the number two turn wall, spins out on the track, and is almost punched by Benny Parsons. A fire coming from under car number 70. The flame seems to have subsided now. The car almost hit the wall head-on, is now spun down to the inside of the track. J.D. McDuffie, we can still see flame coming from under the hood of the car, and J.D. is still in the machine. Let's go back to the tower. Crowd is on its feet. McDuffie is not out of the car. McDuffie had been running in ninth position. The crews are on their way to the automobile, which is smoldering. And turn number two, back to Barney Hall. Could have been some brake fluid or something. He probably lost the brakes. I would just think he probably cut a brake line or something coming in and that fluid was on that hot brake drum and on that wheel and that was where the flame was from but it was coming out pretty good for a moment seems to have gone out again now jd still in the car we see him in there unstrapping his shoulder harness and about to extricate himself from the automobile let's go back to the tower number 15 is on pit road buddy baker and they really have the nose of the automobile up in the air it's more than just changing right side tires they have the whole front end up and they're going across and making some changes in the handling characteristics of that old rascal. And here comes the RC Cola car, Bud Moore, back on the track. AC Pontiac safety car back to the track to hold the field, and Baker gets out there without losing a lap. Let's go back for the, for the report on J.D. McDuffie. The car is sitting, facing race traffic, coming into the number two corner of the car, heading right head-on into traffic. Everybody swinging out around it. One of the NASCAR safety officials is there. They're coming over with a wrecker now to pick up J.D.'s car. He is out of the car, takes a look at it, then walks that long walk back to the garage area. Took a pretty good lick in the concrete. He got the front of the car real bad, and then the, the side of the automobile, the right side, slammed into the concrete. And I'm afraid the Glenn's landscaping car of J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina, his crew will have a lot of work to get it ready for Charlotte next weekend. Let's go back to the tower. And for sure, it'll need some landscaping. It really got ruffled up. From my, as Kaylee Arborough, the leader, pits. At Martinsville, Virginia, the unbelievable is what's happening at Winston Cup Racing today after an afternoon which has shattered car after car. We have two, four, six, eight, ten. I believe it's 11 automobiles still. Twelve, if you want to count Lenny Pond, who's trying to get back in this thing, still running. In the springtime, the Virginia 500... Kelly Arborough collected $18,000. Had he continued the way he was going, he was in for $19,000 today. That's over. That's out. He's collected $5,000 for dominating the race, but the prize for winning will not go to him, and that move up on Petty, well, it will be a move, but not as big as had been anticipated earlier today. As they stand, car number 52 will be in the lead lap with number 88 in second place. Then in third place, one lap back, car number 15, they are under green, and I believe he may be two laps back. There's a big interval between the first and second place cars, Earl Ross and car number 88, Allison. The field moves down into turn number one. They are back under green, and we're getting the interval now between 88 and 15. Now let's get it reported, and here it is. It's 52 in the lead, 88 in second, then in third, car number 15. 
Buddy Baker a lap down, and in fourth is number two, Dave Marcus. In fifth is Richie Patch, and the rookies are having a great day in this unbelievable race, which looks like it's going in for an upset. The dark horses are having their brightest moments on this beautiful facility at Martinsville, Virginia. Here's Earl Ross in the lead from Elsa Craig, Ontario. In the records, it goes something like this. Bobby Burdick was a rookie back in 61. He won Atlanta. Remember Bobby Burdick out of Omaha? Well, that's one of them. Now, the other rookie was Billy Wade in 63, and he won, I believe, at North Wilkesboro and a couple other, maybe Richmond in short track racing. And it might have been right down here at Greenville Pickens. The standings are 52 in the lead, Earl Ross, 88 and 15 are reported second and third as the race runs down with 80 laps, 70, correction, 70 laps remaining. Earl Ross of Elsa Craig, Ontario, Canada, may be making some racing history this afternoon at Martinsville, Virginia, to pull off a win as a rookie. Here he comes, down on the turns three and four. He's driven smoothly all afternoon. There's been such a tremendous team effort by these Canadians. This entire crew, although it is being shepherded by the Junior Johnson outfit, has been a Canadian crew. They've taken a lot of pride in bringing an invader to the United States and try to whip the U.S. campaigners at their own game. And here's Earl Ross leading now as we get down to the end of the 27th step on the ladder to the national championship of the $3.5 million Winston Cup Grand National Series. Earl Ross is in turn number one. The car is working well. Let's go down now to Charlie Harville. Kale Harville was here a moment ago, and uh, let me see if I can talk to Kale now. Talk to me now, Kale. Okay. Yeah, let's get the headset back on Kale. And uh, what, uh, what happened? You were running so much better than anybody else. Well, Charlie, I think uh, engine just let go going down the backstretch. Uh, no warning uh, at all. I don't know. I backed off a little bit and was just taking my time. And uh, sometimes it seems like it works that way. You know, when you back off, you've been running hard, and you back off a little bit, and the engine lets go. And I guess that's what happened. But you were running $5,000 anyway. Well, uh, we are thankful for the $5,000, but what we were really after was winning the race because Richard had bad luck in closing that point gap. But... Uh, it's all over today. Tough afternoon for you, Cale. Better well, luck next Well, it was, Charlie. We had a tough afternoon, but it's been a good race. We hope Earl Ross comes across now and wins for us. Well, he's leading right now. Thank you, Cale. Cale, is he still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Cale, that car worked better than any other car out here all afternoon. How do you personally feel right now? Well, I mean, physically. I'm, oh, I'm ready to go 500 more laps. I'm just as fresh <laughs> as I was, uh, was when I started, but uh, the car did work perfect. I couldn't ask for anything working any better. And, uh, you know, it just was perfect all day long. The tires and everything, just uh, everything was great. Kale, everybody else looks like they're beaten right into the bottom of the seat. You you look fresh all day. The car. What does Junior Johnson and Herdnab know on the handling the rest of them don't? Well, uh, we did a lot of running here. We, we put in a lot of hours and a lot of laps here getting this car to work the way it, uh, the way it did. We really don't think maybe we were quite as fast as the rest of them, but the car was handling so good and working so good. Uh, I'd like to say, I'm just as fresh as I was in the race starting. Well, it was a magnificent effort. Congratulations on Thank going you. as well as you did, as long as you did. Thank you. Cale Yarborough, who is out of this one, I can't imagine anybody going as hard as he has. Whoa, Frank Warren's in the loose stuff. He's almost in the wall. He's right up on the outside of turn number four, going right in between him. And another car was Dave Marcus going down into turn number one. Frank Warren lost the handle. He was right up in those marbles, that loose stuff, all the rubber and the 
the speedy drive that has been pushed out of the groove all afternoon, and he just slithered right up to it and somehow was able to keep it out of the concrete. Down to 437 laps, 437, checking the record book on rookies. If you want to call Dan Gurney a rookie, back in 1963, he won at Riverside International Raceway out of Les Richter's track in the Western, Western 500 in a 63 Ford, prepared by Bud Moore. But if you're looking for um, fresh as the daisy freshman off the short track, you'd probably have to go with the mark of Bobby Burdick in 1961 as the last rookie to win a race. That'd be a little like calling George Fulmer a rookie. Ain't no way. We have 440 laps next time by in the record book, and the leader continues to be Earl Ross of Elsa Craig, Ontario, Canada, a rookie. Donnie Allison, who is looking for his first victory of the season, is running in the second position. Allison could put that Dieguard racing team morale right up to the peak if he can get this one together. Donnie Allison in the number 88 looking for a first place win. He is running a few seconds back from the leader. We'll get to the actual interview in just a moment. The interval between that first and second place runner. Let's go to Barney Hall. Donnie lost a lot of time on Earl Ross a moment ago. He made a second pit stop under that caution flag, and I don't think they anticipated the green to come on that lap, and then he had just come back on the track coming into the number two corner when they dropped the green as they came out of the fourth corner. That's one reason he's so far back again, but he seems to be holding his own, but he doesn't seem to be gaining much ground on Earl Ross right now. Let's go back to the tower. Donnie Allison has won six Grand National races in his career. If he wins today, if he could put it together, and I don't think now that the chances are so good because you're absolutely right about that pulling in. When Donnie pulled in, he dropped back behind Buddy Baker and went to third spot. But if he can put it together, something happens and something sure has all afternoon, he would be in there with Marshall Teague, Bobby Welburn, Jim Reed, Daryl Derringer, and A.J. Foyt with seven wins in the Grand National Record Book. Baker is trying to unlap himself at this time. Buddy Baker at 442 laps is creeping up, crawling onto the back end of car number 52, Earl Ross, the rookie. Baker is only six car lengths back. He's trying to put himself on the same lap with the leader. One more caution, and Baker would be ready to make a charge for the finish and try to flail the freshman at the conclusion of this event. Kelly Arborough's day's work is done. His car blew an engine, and he's just settling back with a chew right now. There's nothing else to do. Ross, Elsa Craig, Ontario, Canada leading. Buddy Baker is running second, a lap down, plus two car lengths. He is trying to get back in the lap with Earl Ross to settle this at the finish. Going third, a couple of laps back is Donnie Allison. Dave Marcus finds himself in fourth. And another rookie, Richie Patch of Daytona Beach, Florida, is now in fifth. It's a great day for the Frosh. Motor Racing Network schedule next Sunday, the National 500 at Charlotte, North Carolina. Sunday, October 27th, the Cardinal 500 Modified and Sportsman Race here at Martinsville, Virginia, 250 laps each. And Sunday, November 24th, the showdown, the decision maker, the LA Times Charity 500 from Ontario, California at that $25 million racing facility. They'll decide the $3.5 million Winston Cup Series and the top 10 in stock car racing for the year. We have 452 laps down. They are in the last 50 laps of competition. Earl Ross, knowing that Baker is trying to get back in the same lap with him, just isn't having any bit of it. He is keeping Baker as much as five car lengths behind him. Baker is playing it 
very gingerly and gently now. Before he was thrashing that car, he realizes that at the late date in the race, anything can happen. He is playing, I would say, a waiting game, Barney. He's not really wanting to go out there and flog it now. There's too much that can go wrong. But within about 20 laps, we can be sure he'll make his... Whoa, he's sideways in four. Baker is spinning. Baker is all the way around. He does a complete 360. He fires, and he keeps going. Unbelievable. He came in just as smoothly as he has for the last 10 laps, and the rear end just danced out from beneath him. It got up in the marbles in that loose material 20 feet out, or about 35 feet out from the inside of the track. The car went completely around 360 degrees, Turned the key on and kept right on going. He lost a quarter of a lap. How about that, Barney? It's such a fine line in these corners now. The groove is less than probably 10 feet wide. And if you get the, the outside wheels and that loose stuff and you're punching on the accelerator, you're automatically going to do a 360. And that's what happened to Buddy. He has not been handling well for the last 100 or so laps. In fact, he's been fighting the car for the last almost 150 laps, I'd say. And it's a tribute to the effort of Buddy Baker just to keep this car in competition because he must be wore completely out because he's been sawing the thing back and forth in the corners just to keep it in the groove, Ken. What amazed me was that he had not been sawing as much. He was being so careful, so sensitive to the wheel. And then it just buckled and all of a sudden skittered right out from underneath him. You've got to keep the ground underneath you to keep the power working, and that time it didn't work. Now what's going to happen to Earl Ross? Remember, he's a freshman driver, and he's got a lot of pressure on him running against these top drivers. He's had about 12 years' experience. Here goes Baker to the outside. Jabe Thomas, Dave Marcus, both on the inside of him. He made it three deep down the main straightaway. He's only lost... As they say, a quarter of a lap by that complete spin fired, and he's just a little less than one half lap back from Earl Ross still out in front. Well, will this be it? Will a rookie win for the first time since 1963 in Grand National Competition? It's been 11 years. Stay tuned. You may hear it happen this afternoon as 33,000 racing fans watch it happen. A record attendance at Martinsville, Virginia. Earl Ross, who just two years ago was driving the bull rings, the third mile and quarter mile tracks, sometimes far more threatening than the big super speedways, who had one of the most frightening things I've ever heard of, a two-by-six on an old track up in Canada coming through the driver's where the driver's window would be and right through the roof, inches from his head and he nearly retired. He also was injured in that crash. He suffered a shoulder bruise, but it could have been far worse. That's one thing he has consistently talked about was he couldn't get over the safety measures in these automobiles and on the tracks in which the Winston Cup competition is played out. Tony Bettenhausen is being x-rayed for shoulder and arm injuries after that crash we told you about earlier directly here in front of us. That was the hardest crash of the day, and it eliminates, I would believe, any hope that Tony Bettenhausen had for Rookie of the Year honors. He certainly gave it everything he had, his best shot, and this afternoon the car broke away in turn number three. It acted as if something happened with the steering, as if a tower broke on the front and just projected the car straight on into the wall and then he slid for 400 feet with no control around the track and came to rest with what looked to be a broken arm and a separated shoulder. That's the second separated shoulder for the Bettenhausens this year. Gary is making a game effort to get everything back together after that awful sprint car crash at uh, Syracuse, New York. He caught a rim right down to the dirt and flipped the sprint car eight or nine times. Badly broken shoulder. If he's listening today, your, your brother's okay. He was smiling when they put him on the 
put him on the stretcher, but it's not a thing that I'm sure any of the Bettenhausens are smiling about. They know how hard Tony was trying, as all the Bettenhausens try. Here's number 15. I'll tell you, he's gaining ground on 52, Earl Ross. Ross is still very much in command, but Buddy Baker is beginning to turn even faster laps now as he tries to get back in here. A caution light is all he needs, and I believe we have one more pit stop on these automobiles, Barney. Baker's mo moving up on him a little bit, Ken. He's having to work traffic now very delicately in the corners because, as we mentioned earlier, he still is having a little handling problem in the turns. In the straightaways, he's running as strong as Ross, but in the corners is where Baker is losing ground. The third-place automobile is number 88, Donnie Allison. The fourth-place car, three laps back, is Dave Marcus. Fifth place is Richie Patch. Up to six is James Hilton. Into seventh position is Almo Langley. And eighth is Satch Worley. That's how they're standing right now. At the New England 200, it has been stopped after 37 laps in the New England States NASCAR Late Model Sportsman Race, Catamount Stadium near Burlington, Vermont. That race has now been put under a stopper because of rain, with Bob Dragon running in first, Andre Manny second, David Dion third, and Ronnie Marvin of Bethlehem, New Hampshire reported in fourth position. Here at Martinsville, Virginia, the lead automobile with 466 laps down is car number 52, Earl Ross, still in front, the rookie, trying to have a victory go his way. Let's go to the pits in Charlie Harville. I don't believe that Earl is going to need another pit stop. He got a full tank of gas last time in with something less than 100 laps to go, and they make that very easily on the tank of gas that he has, and uh, he's also got fresh tires. I believe he's all set for the rest of the race. Back to radio control. Here he is completing still another lap. Earl Ross now with 467 in the book. The Carling team under the direction of Al Brook of Toronto, Canada, where this whole effort first began, are going to be absolutely ecstatic. This was their first driver. They now have four racing cars. Two of them are running on sportsman tracks with such outstanding Canadian stars as Norm Lelliot. And the rumor is they are going to bring Lelliot to the United States to run for rookie honors in 1975. And having seen him run some short track racing, I can tell you he would be very formidable. We just got a report here in the pits that Donnie Allison is running without brakes at this time. So he's got his work cut out for him for the next few laps of the race. Back to the tower. Don't think anybody has any brakes left at this point. Nothing but grim determination left. Here is Marcus sideways out of turn number four. And he goes lock to lock on the steering wheel trying to get that one straightened up. And he did so. So the number of cars remaining goes like this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And I think we got up to about 11. And we can uh, drop your voice there, Barney Hall. There's 10 cars still in competition, Ken. And they're battered. Most of the only car out there that really isn't battered really bad is car number 25, Jabe Thomas's automobile. And how Jabe has kept out of all this melee all afternoon. It's been going out of the turns and the straightaways with all the spin-outs and crashes we've had is a miracle. But Jabe is the only car that sheet metal really looks almost as good as it started. Everybody else is beaten, banged all to pieces. Jabe says the most embarrassing thing for him about running these short tracks is everybody else gets these super pit stops in 17 or 18 seconds. And in the spring here at Martinsville, he pulled in and his, his signboard was left by the pits and no one was around and said, out to lunch. Had gone over to have a hot dog and a soda. Typical of Jabe Thomas. Remember the race, Barney, where he, where he went out and he came back in and brought his soda can back in, didn't want to throw it out and be a litter bug? He's quite a guy. 
Jabe is quite a character, I'll tell you that. We're talking about the calling team a moment ago. They, these folks have come into racing in a really super big way. They looked around to find the teams that might be available for a sponsorship, and they selected the Junior Johnson crew. There was a lot of negotiations in that. They, they felt that Junior had the best to offer of all the Grand National competitors, which is probably true in a lot of sense because Johnson puts a car on the track, it's capable of winning anywhere they take it, on a short track or a big track, and then the Carling folks took a look at the rookie program, they posted $10,000 for the rookie of the year, and they're really in racing in a big way, and I know they're very happy for their rookie driver here this afternoon, Earl Ross. We have two rookies running really well here today. Richie Patch is running what was the Coke machine, the Bobby Allison car today, and he's doing very, very well with it. And Earl Ross in this Carlings car, the Junior Johnson car, is he's out in front. What more can you say? Donnie Allison running in second position here today. Throughout most of the day, has dropped back to third position. His last major victory came in 1971. Buddy Baker is being shown in the second position. And he has fallen behind Earl Ross, the rookie driver who stays out in front. We now have less than 25 laps remaining in one of the most amazing races of the year. The first place driver is a rookie. It's Earl Ross about to lap Donnie Allison's car number 88 as we get down to the end. All of the heavy hitters have had all kinds of problems throughout the day. Amazingly, Buddy Baker and Donnie Allison are still out of here. But their sheet metal shows the abuse the cars have sustained in this 500-lap struggle on a half-mile track. Elmo Langley comes by with his car looking like it has been victimized in a demolition derby. The lead automobile out of turn number four is still out of the field to Barney Hall. He wants to be very careful on Donnie because without any brakes on that car, he wants to make sure when he passes, he has plenty of room to get around Donnie and get out every corner and out of the way. So he's kind of sizing him up. He's been right behind him, about a car length behind the last couple of laps, just looking the situation over and waiting for the right opportunity to put another lap on Donnie. Buddy Baker, whose last victory came in the World 600 at Charlotte, North Carolina, is still in front, or rather in the second position with car number 15. Just seems amazing that Earl Ross maintains that front running position. He is in front with now 480 laps complete, 20 laps remaining. Just had a note from someone that expects, expects Charlie Harville to hum a few choruses of Old Canada in Victory Lane when Charlie, when uh, Earl Ross gets there. Charlie, I hope you're in tune today. I'm in tune. I'll see if I can find the lyrics somewhere. Whatever you do, don't do God Save the Queen. They, they get very nervous about that. We are now at the 481st lap with number 52, Ross, in front. He has himself a lap advantage. Cale Yarborough had a two-lap advantage, and all of a sudden something went bang in the night, and he was out of it. It was just all of a sudden, like an eruption in a nightmare, that sent his car in with a blown engine. He looked like he was in for the afternoon with a victory, with a major move up toward Richard Petty. But trying to catch Petty doesn't come easy. At second place automobile, still Baker. The last time this car was here, in the spring, that was when George Fulmer drove it. It finally ended up completely demolished up in turn number three. George gave it everything he had. He was inside and outside. The front end was bashed up. The back end was bashed up and both miraculously. It's still running and maintaining second position. We are, we are kidding you with Charlie Harville about if Earl Ross wins. I'll tell you how carefully Clay Earl's plans here at the Martinsville Speedway. They have the 
Canadian national anthem prepared and the Canadian flag set to go up over Victory Lane if Earl Ross can pull it out. So our listeners along the border in Canada, they're going to be elated. I can't ever recall a Canadian driver winning. There have been several Canadian drivers, Don Biederman for one, several others that have come down here to run in Grand National Racing, but they've never won. No Canadian, in my remembrance, has ever won a Grand National Race, and we'll check the record book for you on it. But here we have Earl Ross of Elsa Craig, Ontario, dominating the final moments of the Old Dominion 500 and on his way to hearing his own anthem played in Victory Lane. First time it will have ever happened. It could happen here in less than 15 laps. We're down toward the finish. Can it hang together? It looked like his teammate, Cale Yarborough, had it all hitched together. And it all came to nothing in one split second in turn number four, and the car coasted in with an engine that had blown. Now with that car out and all the other cars which have launched engines today. We have 11 automobiles still in competition with rookie Earl Ross about to overlap Jade Thomas. When he comes around in two more laps, he'll have 10 laps remaining in this unbelievable spectacle this afternoon. Just joining us, well, 32,000 are on hand to set a new attendance record at Martinsville, Virginia for this spectacle, which is now, after seven caution flags, not going to set any records as far as speed is concerned, but certainly as far as surprises. No Canadian has ever won a grand national race. You may be able to tear that one up this afternoon. Earl Ross, they're going to give him the rebel flag here in Virginia if he wins it. I guess you would be considered to be a rebel if you came all the way down from Canada and beat these guys on their home turf. And that's just what he's about to do. Next time around, 10 laps remaining for Earl Ross. Barney Hall. You've got to give him a lot of credit because he, I've been putting a stopwatch on him. He's running very consistent laps. He's running a strong, strong lap of about 23 and a half seconds, and that's not bad in race traffic out there. He's not backed off the car, pushing it just as hard as he has all day, even though Allison and Baker are still in a good position should something happen to Ross to win this race. But Earl is just standing on it, getting through the corners real well, not having any problems at all with the car right now. Earl Ross, first time he ever drove in Grand National was at Daytona Beach, Florida. He barely qualified, ran about 20 laps. I think he finished about 46 in 1973. He ran just three or four races that year. Whoa, as Marcus came out, he really blew some smoke out coming down the main straightaway. And he sat there in the pits after the race, and I saw a film they produced up in Canada about Earl Ross, and, and he, you could almost feel the tears. He didn't shed them, but you knew that he was heartbroken. He just wanted to finish against the very best on one of the finest races there is in the world. Well, today, a win at Martinsville, Virginia would be worth all the dues you have to pay, and these are hard dues. I don't think there's many sports that you pay tougher ones than you pay here. Ask Tony Bettenhausen as he's over there in the hospital with a broken arm and a separated shoulder this afternoon after his effort that's carried him through 27 races and blown engines and wrecks trying to be rookie of the year. Ask any of these drivers and you'll find they pay their dues like very few other people do. It isn't like owning a bat and a glove. It's a $25,000 race car you lay on the line as well as yourself every time they drop the green flag. You can look at the field and kind of see what the attrition rate has been. There are just 10 cars remaining at the starting 30. We've lost two-thirds of the field here and a lot of them ended up in the concrete and really done a lot of sheet metal damage to the cars, Ken. Here's Earl Ross coming around with six laps remaining. And I am sure this Virginia crowd is going to give him some kind of reception because they admire anybody who comes in and beats the Giants at their own game. And that's just what Earl Ross is about to do. And for listeners in Canada, this is going to be their moment. 
the Carling people, their original plan was to bring an invader down to the United States and try to beat the United States at their own game, which is American stock car racing and is the most competitive form of the motorsport there is. And today, here's a man in his second year, second year of Grand National. We're not being fair to him. He has something like 14 years of experience driving those short tracks, those dirty old tracks where 14 years ago you, you won $25 and perhaps a steak dinner at the diner down the street. Well, here he is this afternoon about to win the richest short track race there is in the world. This race pays off over $70,000. I believe he'll be about, what, 12 grand richer when it's over this afternoon for running this half-mile track in Martinsville, Virginia. And I'd remind you folks around the country, Martinsville is where you see the most spectacular modified sportsman event there is, the Cardinal 500 coming up on October the 27th. Now there are four laps remaining. Earl Ross coming down across the line about to overlap the other rookie driver in the top five, Richie Patch, who is in the fifth position. Here's Earl Ross. He is an 11-year veteran with an impressive record back in 1970. He won nine out of 10 of the international late model sportsman races at tracks like Delaware and Cayuga and Flamborough and Pinecrest up there in Canada. And those are tough tracks. Those guys run as hard as anywhere. Here comes Earl Ross lapping fifth place, Richie Pants. Buddy Baker has just settled down into second place. He can't catch him. It's in the lap of the gods now. Will the car stay together in the waning moments of the event? We're showing Buddy Baker second, Donnie Allison third, Dave Marcus in fourth, Richie Patch in fifth, in sixth, James Hilton, seventh, Elmo Langley, eighth is Earl Warren, and ninth is Jay Thomas. One lap remaining. Ladies and gentlemen, history about to be made. Going into the first turn, rookie driver Earl Ross. Ross puts it down to the bottom of the speedway, comes right on around. There's only one car in front of him as he heads down the backstretch, and he'll be going down in no traffic at all, literally heading for turn number three. If he can just hang it together down to that start-finish line, he'll be the first rookie to win here, I believe, ever at Martinsville. First time since 1963 a rookie driver has won, and the Virginia congregation stands up and gives him an ovation. Great racing fans in Virginia. You can't find better. Earl Ross has done it. He has won his first Grand National victory. The Old Dominion 500, 1974. NASCAR championship race is history. The winner from Canada, Earl Ross, down to victory lane. We'll be going down there with Charlie Harville momentarily from Martinsville Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. All right, let's go down to Victory Lane now for an interview with the winner, Earl Ross well, of Canada. Some of the other boys dropped out. That helped a little bit, too, of course. I don't think unless uh, that number 11 come down with problems, you never got around him. What do you think, Earl? No, no, he was running quicker than I was, but I would have been happy to run second to him even. Yeah. Thank you very much. Congratulations, Earl Ross. Now, here we are for trophy presentations, ladies and gentlemen. And Earl Ross has said he would have been happy finishing the second... Kale Yarborough, but I'm sure that he's far more delighted to have finished in first. I just heard him mentioning someone down there. He says, I, I still can't believe it. I just don't believe it. It's over, and it is believable. Earl Ross has won at Martinsville, Virginia, first rookie to win since 1963 in Winston Cup Grand National Competition. Second this afternoon, car number 15, driven by Buddy Baker of Charlotte, North Carolina, who has always said that these tracks were not exactly his cup of tea. 
He certainly had the right cup this afternoon. In third was Donnie Allison, the Die Guard Racing Team, the Allison Racing Team of Daytona Beach, Florida. Placing third with fourth place, the Deppy Enterprises, car number two of Dave Marcus. And I would see, I would feel that that would assure us that Marcus will get the ride in the second K&K car at Charlotte next Sunday afternoon. Fifth is Richie Patch, a rookie driver, tuxedo plumbing car, finished in fifth. The sixth place car, James Hilton. The seventh place car, Elmo Langley. The eighth place car was Frank Warren, and finishing ninth was Jabe Thomas this afternoon. The average speed was nowhere near a record this afternoon. When it was all over, it was 66.232 miles per hour when Earl Ross won it in three hours, 58 minutes, and three seconds. The old mark was uh, three hours, 22 minutes, 37 seconds. So they didn't even come close in that department. They were some 12 miles an hour off the pace of the record, which was established by Richard Petty for this distance in 1971. He was driving a Plymouth car at 77 miles an hour. When it was over this afternoon, Earl Ross of Elsa Craig, Ontario, Canada, had made motor racing history. No one in the past decade had won as a rookie driver. He did it. He won over some of the toughest competition there is. Cale Yarborough, his teammate, blowing an engine at the finish. Richard Petty blowing an engine early. The STP car is already loaded, and there goes that gigantic tractor and the car covered over, headed for Charlotte, North Carolina, and the National 500 next Sunday. Over there, it's a purse of, what, $165,000, and it's going to be some kind of race with Johnny Rutherford, Wally Dollenbach, A.J. Foyt. All the great Grand National stars and Bobby Isaac cinching up the seatbelt again on the K&K car. That's going to seem mighty good. Earl Ross winning this afternoon with Buddy Baker second. It seems uh, almost in Congress. Buddy Baker, who says that short tracks aren't for him, certainly proved they were this afternoon. He had as many problems as anyone else, but when it was all over, he had himself a runner-up spot in what had to be the toughest race of the year. Less than 10 cars were running at the finish from the original 30. They made a shambles out of automobiles. The K&K car was demolished. Bettenhausen is hospitalized. Three other cars were wrecked. Barney, it was some kind of a day. I believe we've lost Barney. Oh, gracious sakes, after five hours, I don't blame him. Ken Squire, good afternoon. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.